Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Comic Vine podcast for the week ending November 15th, 2013, PS4 day. <laughs> yes, USA. That's right. And other places. I'm Tony Guerrero with Editor Chief of ComicVine.com. Corey Schroeder is here. Hey, everyone. And We're talk about the PlayStation 4. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm so. I pre-ordered when the announcement. Everybody, it's Tuesday. Yeah. You're listening to the giant bombcast. Yeah. So when 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 the E3, whatever, that wasn't even E3. When when the the big press conference thing went out, and everyone's like like PlayStation Four. Wow, man, better than Xbox. They're doing all this stuff right, and blah blah blah. And I was just kind of like, we get to pay for PlayStation Plus yeah. to, to play for pay for online. Woo! I was so I wasn't really you know watching. I just had it like in the background and everything. And then I get the email from Amazon. It's like pre-ordered PlayStation. Yep. I'm like. Okay, click. Um, so it's finally here. But then so what I was complaining is you know, I, I was at Target like Sunday and they're like, Assassin's Creed 4 in stores. I think they said Monday, but Amazon said it came out Tuesday. <clears throat> right. So I was like, yeah, maybe I'll go. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was like, maybe I'll get that because I, I was debating like, you know, what game should I get? So I was, and, you know, I decided I'll just get Assassin's Creed. So I was like, well. Have you played any of the previous games? I well, Just very little. Okay. But yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be. You know, new new player friendly. <laughs> Aren't uh, they all? I would, yeah, I would think so. I mean, like, launch system. Oh, you never played it. Go back. I've actually kind of heard that it helps to know at least who the assassins in the Templar are. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Whatever. I'll just the kill good everyone. guys. I'll aren't kill. who you might think. I'll just kill everyone. Yeah, that's that. And, and, and you're like on a boat for like ten hours or something on like a that. Boat. I mean, how many people can you be on a boat? Just kill them all. <laughs> and I'm totally like <laughs> kill everyone. Downplaying the boat the, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and just run around and set the sails and. Um, starboard and uh, sure starboard stern yeah so um so i proved i was like well i'm not i don't really want to come back to target so why don't i just pre-order it through amazon because if it, it should get here by friday but no they for some reason it doesn't ship and people are like whatever so and then and brad was like just just cancel it and download it i'm still and like he said, I think he said discs are 2005 or something like that. He yes. said, discs I'm, are so 2005. I'm still in that mode where it's like, you know, I want the disc to have just – the whole thing is, is I guess, you know, playing it safe. It's like what if your file gets corrupted? And then – At the same time, what if a scratch goes on the disc? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you put toothpaste on it or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly. I don't know what the trick is. You boil it. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, it's like yeah. And then I was thinking, it's like, well, maybe I'll pick up a second game. I wasn't going to right away. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, you know, should I get Injustice, the you know Ultimate Edition, right, get with all everything? DLC. It's supposed to look a little shinier. Sure, you know, they, they, pro- they you know increase the resolution. Frame rate. Yeah, yeah, why not? And all that, and it's got all all, all the all the DLCs because I never got it before. Because mm-hmm. I, I was like, I don't have time to really get into it. I was I was going to wait till you know Game of the Year and everything. And, yeah, and then there's all the DLCs. I was like, I I I'm not going to buy all this stuff because I don't have the time, so it's sure. not worth it for me to you know to get into it right away and then a lot of times with the game of the year you get majority of the the, the extra stuff i think it's all of it in this case like even the cost well this one yeah for <laughs> for this ultimate edition it is ultimate it's just got like everything and i think there's even like some i think there's an exclusive something hmm. i think someone said black adam is he in i see i don't even know because right, he was in it yeah so i don't know maybe it's something different i don't know i mean i've only i've actually only played it at conventions <laughs> you know and 
And it, I remember having a lot of fun with it. Like I, you know, I took it online. I beat the story mode. I did some of the Star Labs challenges. It was, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was a robust fighting game. Yeah. So I was looking at it. I was like, so, you know, that's something, um, you know, since if I'm already getting Assassin's Creed, which is going to be more in-depth. Sure. You know, maybe just a fighter game. You know, you can just jump in there and, you know, do some matches. You can mm-hmm. go through story mode or whatever. And, but then there's also uh, Lego Marvel superheroes. Yes, there is. So there's also that, <laughs> which... They they say it's got better graphics too, and well, of course it does. Um, I mean, if it didn't, that would be pretty sad. But but I mean, you look at you know, I'm looking for the images from you know, it looks pretty good. I mean, and, and it's Lego, you know, rendered Legos. It's how you know, it's, it's not like you can make it more realistic right. than it already is. Plus, Nolan North has Deadpool, so uh, so and then I, I got tells me he won't be swearing quite as much. I got a press release from you know whatever they're like here, you know. Lego Marvel superheroes available on PS4 and look at the screenshots. I'm like, it looks pretty good. So I asked Matt cause he played on the Wii U. Mm. He said the background, like the city looks, looks crisper. Okay. So, but then, I, and, and so I, I was like on, on Twitter, I was like Marvel or Lego Marvel or injustice. And <laughs> it seems like most people are saying Lego. Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, they they put point well, out, let's go back to the part where Matt has a Wii U. <laughs> has a Wii U. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> laughing at you, Matt. He has a Wii U, um, and you know most people are saying Lego because one, it is it would be more appropriate for my daughter. Sure, she wanted to play. play it with I, don't, the fam. I don't think the, you know fighting games. Not, not cool. Some of them are fine, but Injustice gets a little raw. Yeah. the characters aren't very like stylized, so they do kind of look like people. Yeah, there's so, no fatal- fatalities. No, no, there isn't. But there's some, you know, some of their super moves are pretty, and some of those level transitions can get pretty raw. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and 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 you know, I I can say honestly, she wouldn't be interested in, in a fighting game. You know, she's just like, eh. Yeah. You know, it's just not not her thing. Yeah. Um, and then and then someone else said Moon Knight. So. Is in Lego. Oh, there you go. So I'm like, well, it's like Moon Knight got his own game. When did this happen? Yeah. So if Lego's in there, or Lego, if Moon Knight's in there, yeah. And then Alex Navarro was saying how how cute the Punisher is in there, how sickeningly <laughs> cute. So, so I think oh, I may Alex. may stop by on the way home and and get that just in case there my Assassin's Creed doesn't show up today. It's a good backup game. I feel like it's also like you know obviously a much different game. So yeah. Well, so of course, so it would be Injustice. But so you're, you're good to go there. Yeah, actually, they're gonna get in the PC version of Injustice. Now, the other interesting thing, speaking of Amazon, who is not a sponsor of nope. this podcast, because especially I'm because you're shaking my fist at them, talking about how bad their shipping is. Even, I mean, but then the thing is, like, you asked me if I did the Prime, and I didn't. Right. I mean, I figured if it's out on Tuesday, the game comes out on, or the system comes out on Friday, right? You know, it because a lot of times they'll, they'll tell you like like three to five. It always ships earlier than they say. You know, I've always gotten, you know, doing the free ship or just, I don't, I think I did regular shipping or something yeah. like that, but it's, it's always come out early. So it's like, I don't need to pay for prime cause I don't get stuff every day. You know, some people buy like their toilet paper on through Amazon, Prime, right. and, you know, stuff like that. Some people who work three floors down. <laughs> no, no, someone who used to work with us. Oh, okay. By the name of Ethan. I don't know. Oh, yeah. He used to get, they, they, I Jeff does that, too. I mean, yeah, cause I know Ethan was, he, he would get red lamp if people remember. Yeah. He would just get a bunch of stuff. I don't know if he's still doing it, but he's saying that, you know, just like all your basic stuff and you can have it set up where it's like every two weeks or, you know, some schedule. I don't know how often you yeah. need toilet paper, you know. know. But, you know, and you just get all that. Um, yeah, so I, I, mean, I don't even do that. And I still feel like it's it's kind of worth it. And they just introduced like a streaming service that you just get if you're if you're a prime. Yeah. See, I, I don't buy a whole lot of stuff through Amazon. And when I do, I, I, I don't need it right away. Right. So I was like, I'll just do the free shipping because I'm a cheapo. And 
And sometimes I'll do the regular shipping, which is like two or three bucks, which is like, okay, right. I, I'll, I'll take that. But yeah, so uh, I, no, I don't anyway, remember where I was going with this. I don't either, but, <laughs> but <laughs> we've been talking about um, video games for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, there's something. Uh, I don't remember where I was going with this, something about... Lego. You're going to pick up Lego Marvel, it sounds yeah. like. Well, yeah. I, I, think that's, I think that's the right choice for you. Yeah, so there we go. There's our, our PlayStation talk. All right. The other thing is like horizontal or vertical. Where I'm going to play, because I think you need to get a stand. You do if you're going to do vertical. And I think I, I overheard Jeff saying that the PlayStation doesn't make an official stand in the U.S. They had they had one like on. Display. Do they have one? Maybe I I I, I could have heard it. that that could be, but it's, it would just be weird for them because I remember they actually had one like on display with with the stand. Which I don't so. know if it was a Japan like where they they sell a stand. Yeah, maybe. And yeah, or, or I think there may I don't know. They do need the floor space. This is what what happens when I over you know hear the little little other people conversations <laughs> and you know sometimes i hear things and they're like you didn't hear that i'm like yeah um so we'll see because yeah then that's the question it's like where is it going to go you know storage place but it's kind of like comics where's the comics where this week comics can go exactly they're gonna stay here in the office right. like, i can't bring them home <laughs> um so batman 25 what how how is this cover in your store uh, considering we it flew off the shelf, it seems to be doing just fine. Because I, I Metallica I, black album cover. <laughs> I noticed a lot of people complaining because this was four ninety nine. Yes, um, I think it's is it oversized? I didn't count the pages. I mean, it seems I robust. Didn't either. There's a backup story in the back. Maybe they threw that in there. Well, they always usually have a backup. Yeah. Um, it it seems longer. It's been four ninety nine though. I think since since uh, this started. No, late last time last week it was six ninety nine. Well, so. that that was I mean that was a crazy super size, right? And um. Yes, yeah, so I don't know, because with the the regular comics, you know, we, we see D- DC is discreetly raising them up to three ninety nine. Yes, I think they're adding like two more pages and yep, then making the covers and a little slicker, covers, yeah. little little thicker. So, um, so yeah, it sucks, but I, I mean, I have no problem for this this comic. I mean, this is like if if I could only read one comic. I think I could almost just go with, with just Batman. And I really liked Zero Year. Mm-hmm. I love that it's so isolated. And yeah, we have all the Zero Year tie-ins, which aren't essential, but I think those are all pretty good. And we'll, yeah. we, we can talk about so far more so that, good, that came out say. this week. Uh, but I, I just love that even though this is his origin, his you know stuff like period that we already know about, I mean, it feels, it still feels fresh. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I mean, and it's not necessarily stuff that we know about because Scott Snyder is is going into, you know, this pretty uncharted territory with like with the Red Hood gang and the the now Doctor Death and whatever yeah. happens at the end here, which seems pretty weird. Yeah. So I I actually so I I posted an article or I researched Doctor Death mm-hmm. the original because he I think it was um he was a wrestler the, in the late nineties he was he got a good push from Jr. but the guy had no personality so he didn't go anywhere and apparently he turned to science. Um, well, he, he first debuted in Detective, I think it was 30. All three listeners who got that joke, you're welcome. <laughs> and, yeah, so so looking back at, like, the golden age and, and seeing how it was. What was interesting in the issue, again, I think it was issue 30. Um, what I forget what I wrote. <laughs> um, but there there's a, part, a point where, where Batman gets shot. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there was no Alfred back then. You know, he, he didn't come in along a little later. Right. So Bruce goes to the family doctor. 
And, you know, he's, he's like, is it Dr. Death? No, he was just, okay. just a family doctor to, to deal with his gunshot wound. And I forgot. He's, he's like, oh, how'd you get shot or something like that? And he's like, oh, oh you know, <laughs> shut up, um, doc. Yeah. So that, that was interesting that, you know, he didn't have someone to patch him up yeah. back then. And, you know, you didn't really think about that. So I always thought it was cool that like Alfred was kind of this like, you know, field medic slash special stage agent actor. slash stage actor. Yeah. yeah. He wore many hats. So I, I like um, the, the change with um dr death but the other thing is they um scott changed his last name a little bit because it, it's hellfern mm-hmm. but originally it was two l's here it's only one l interesting so if you think about hellfern well, it's yeah, like, like oh come on so i i think it's, it's a little it's, on the nose then again i <laughs> you know i love this series i think it's been absolutely phenomenal but dr death there has got to be a better name for well for a villain the, the way it because originally and it, it's hard to say how closely this is going to go with that is Dr. Death wanted to blackmail the rich of Gotham. Sure. So he's, you know, he's going to like poison him or whatever, or, you know, threaten to kill him unless they, they paid him. So yeah. he became known as Dr. Death. Mm-hmm. And then here, you know, spoiler, there's a scientist guy killing other scientists. Why is he killing them? You know, right. so is, is it because also that last page is freaking terrifying Yeah. when you get the full page spread of seeing him. Yeah, cause, holy crap! Because <laughs> originally, what happened um, in his first appearance, it appeared that he died. Mm-hmm. And you know, spoiler for nineteen thirty forty, whatever nineteen forty, uh, unbelievable. The, he he, his laboratory burns, and so it's like, oh, Doctor Death is dead. But nope, he comes back the next <gasps> issue, <laughs> very next issue. And then and his, they say his, people, and they say the whole death returning to life has been a new thing. Yeah, he escaped this. through like a trap door or something. Of course like that. he did. Um, but his face was was burnt, mm. and so you know he he had more of like a skull like appearance. Which, Interesting. You know, so that's it, not the case in this. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I I like that Scott Snyder took this ultra you know cause, and he also showed back in like 1982 mm. he came back and it was kind of the same thing where he released this death pollen across Gotham and he had the antidote if you're willing to pay for it. Sure, of course. You know, otherwise, you know, you're going to get this rash and then you're going to die. You'll die like scratching yourself or whatever. Ouch. Um, that seems like a bad way to go. Or what, you know, whatever happens. So I, 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 I love that he, he took this super, you know, obscure character, which I, you know, I would, would bet most people reading this probably had no idea. You know, they were like, Oh, yeah. new character. But it's like, no, you look in the, you know, our database and he's, he's there with a few appearances. So I love that he's taking them, making them more interesting and then like you said like what happens at the end it's like holy crap what what the heck does that mean yeah so very very interesting yeah this is you know this seems to be what what scott snyder does is he'll he'll go way 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 back in batman's history and pluck some character from the obscure corners of the Batverse and make it awesome <laughs> and, you know remember jim gordon jr that was a whole other thing where it was like oh yeah the gordons had a son whatever happened to him yeah <laughs> Uh, the the interesting thing also, um, you know, a lot of people are kind of complaining that there wasn't a lot of Riddler here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know we're we're dealing with the lights going out, lights out, or that was Green Arrow, Green Arrow, Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know we're we're seeing that, hence the the black cover. Yeah, but it's it's I'm I'm really interested to see where where this is going to go. So. There's that. Um, no particular order. So here we have all new X-Men, number 18. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on this? Thoughts on a new crazy direction? Uh, I, I liked it. I liked it a great deal. Um, 
I think that the dynamic of the young X-Men, the whatever, the original X-Men with now Cyclops's sort of more extreme. Eh, God, I really don't want to use the, the phrase extreme because extreme. Yeah, that's not what I mean for the record. But uh, his more hard-edged, perhaps, X-Men, uh, I think it's a great dynamic because I think that their youthful exuberance and, like, their sort of that jadedness that comes with being in your late teens, like, meshes really well with the psychology, with, like, the, the sort of revolutionary psychology of Cyclops. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's interesting. I, I, I'm i kind of torn on how I feel about this, about, about Kitty leaving and and then you know going to the other side because yeah. you know it was such a extreme outlook you know there was this big rift you know there was a schism between <laughs> you might say between the X Men and so it's it's weird and she's like you know I'm going over here now I, I I think the fact that like they're not you know all genocidal like how Magneto used to be helps with that because they're not saying you know kill all humans mm-hmm. they're just saying like we need to we need to be more proactive and we can't keep like waiting for them to strike before we strike back. Yeah. You so, know, and that was why he formed X-Force in the first place, which was awesome. I, I, can I say how much I've loved the evolution of Scott Summers over like the last 10 years? Okay. I, <laughs> yeah, I, really I just think it's been really organic, like the, as opposed to like just having one big event that shifts his perception. Like, I, I think it's been really interesting to see the character change and grow mm-hmm. from this kind of like brainy Smurf style. Like, well, we have to do what Professor X says. Professor X knows best to like sit down, prof. I'm, I've got this. Yeah, he was just always so stuffy and just like, like unclench, man. Yes. Yeah. Well, relaxing. and now he has, and it's <laughs> it's very, been very interesting. So, um, the other thing that I thought was because I'm, I'm thinking it's like, what if this was a trap? Mm. You know, what if what if Kitty's not really Admiral Akbar? Your thoughts? Eager. Um, we just watched that movie last huh. week and my daughter went, she's like, I don't watch Ewoks. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so, well, like, it, it's just weird. You know, all of a sudden Kitty was, she was the headmistress. She was running the mm-hmm. school and then she's like, Oh, you know, Scott, I'm going to go with you. Where's your secret base at? And he's like, here we are. So fair enough. Yeah. That it was, it's perhaps a bit of a sharp turn. <laughs> cause I, I also thought I was like, well, maybe, you know, cause angel, the original angel, he was the first one that went over. So mm-hmm. I, I thought, because, you know, that was like, it's like, wow, he's actually going over there. And I, I kind of thought the same thing. It's like, well, you know, maybe that was a, a trick that then, you know, find out. But then, no, he really wanted to be over there. So right. it, it's it's weird. I guess the other question, and yeah, I could look at the solicits, but it, it seems like it. So does this mean that all new X-Men and Uncanny X-Men are both dealing with these guys now? I think all new X-Men will probably just focus more on the, five. the original X-Men and Uncanny will focus more on the team in general. Because Uncanny's always been great about focusing on the new yeah. mutants. The 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 Gold ones, Balls. Yes. Gold Balls and Everyone else. Time, time I, Bubble. I don't even and know their names. I, I don't either, unfortunately. But yeah. they're new. So. Yeah. I know their powers. <laughs> but I do have to say I, I love the fact that Kitty and Ileana are back together. Yes. That and seems really cute. Because I mean, that's they were best friends, and when 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 Ileana was gone, Kitty Pride had possession of the Soul Sword, and you know, mm. and and you know, she she was like like why she was like surprised at first, and it was because she was her best friend that that's how she it was sent to her or bestowed upon her type of thing. Yeah. So I I just I mean I'm a huge Kitty Pride fan, and I just think a lot of her history is just like overlooked. Yeah. Like like the fact that she is a ninja. 
You know, she <laughs> in the the, the Kitty Pryde and Wolverine miniseries, you know, Ogun, the 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 evil ninja guy that was Wolverine's. He, he's like an old ancient guy too. Is he Wolverine's father-in-law? No, <laughs> technically, no. Okay, um, but he regressed Kitty Pryde to basically like an infant, yeah. and then trained her. So it's almost like she had a lifetime of ninja training, right? And then that's where she like stabbed Wolverine with a sword, like right through the heart. I remember seeing that. I was like, holy crap. I mean, that was like, you know, back in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, she's got these skills and, and there was like, I still remember, and I, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but there's an issue of Excalibur that Chris Claremont wrote where when Kitty pride had to, she was sent off to like this, this girl's school. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, Kitty, you're 15. You should probably go to school. And even though she's super smart and doesn't need it, whatever. She also, her the, GED. Isn't the, isn't the professor, isn't the school for gifted Well, it was in Excalibur when they were in okay. London. It was after um, Mutant Massacre where, like, mm. uh, Rachel, Kurt, um, they they went. They were with Captain Britain and, and Megan. Oh, okay. Um, so, but there's a part where there's, uh, there's these mean girls. Oh, of course. And there's this point, they're, like, out in a soccer field. And then, like, Kitty's just, like, shows up. Because she was doing, like, the, the ninja hiding thing where you can hide in plain sight. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, where'd you come from? Type of thing. So, yeah. I, I just think they... The fact that you know she has these this great hand to hand combat skills, you know, because she's a ninja. Right. That I really think they should should exploit that more. You know, instead of here's someone who's smart, she can walk through walls, but it's like she can also kick anyone's butt. So, yeah. So I, I'd love to see more of that. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe we will. Uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, number two. We were talking a little bit about this before we went on the air. I I thought this issue was a uh, a good step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean it's and it, it looks great. I mean mm-hmm. Tony Daniel, you can see he's really focused on this, and um, I think you know that that's the thing. It's like it almost, and I, I I've seen him like mention some stuff either on on Twitter or on on Facebook that like when he was doing Detective Comics, you know, so he was writing it and drawing it, yeah. and then he was also writing Savage Hawkman. <laughs> was he? Yeah, because he the one who wrote Savage I think Hawkman. He, he started. He he did the first okay. first few issues, and um. And he was just saying how basically he he was kind of spread thin, you know, doing all this stuff. Yeah. So it just seems like when when he's just doing the art, I mean, it, he just you know knocks it out. And even the colors here, I mean, it just it looks so good. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a pretty comic. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, Wonder Woman versus Doomsday. Yeah. But taking a little little segue with this, what does this mean about Doomsday's history in a New Fifty Two? I mean, they had that origin issue, so. I say I didn't read. That. I don't think I read that origin issue, mm-hmm. the villains month issue. Mm-hmm. I don't think I read that. No, maybe I did read that. Wasn't it like it was General history? Zod was was yeah. narrating it? Yeah, I think I did that. He's Be- basically a Kryptonian like combination of like the Boogeyman and Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. Like he was this just bizarre creature who kind of stalked Krypton, and I think it was Zod who had to eventually was tasked with like him in a task force where. Yeah, like, I, bring this thing down because it keeps just rampaging across our planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I remember I did flip through that, and I believe yeah, they just shot him into the Phantom Zone. But the weird thing then, so like Superman knows who he is because like Wonder Woman's like he's like I don't know who this is type yeah. of thing. But Grant Morrison mentioned you know there was a they, he made reference to Doomsday and he made reference to Superman dying. Yeah, 
So it's like, did Superman fight Doomsday in the New 52? I believe Morrison himself even said he left it open to interpretation in case someone else wanted to run I with think, it. I think because there was even the, the, the statue, mm-hmm. you know, with him and the, 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 the eagle. And he had the shorts, <laughs> yeah. So was, And I think it was just like Grant's like, well, I'm almost out of here. I'm going to do what I want. And, yeah. And DC is like, uh, okay, <laughs> do what you want. And, you know. We can't so, stop you. So that, 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 that's like the question is like, did Superman die at the hands of Doomsday? Because if that did happen, I thought, you know, that, that kind of changes things because obviously Lois didn't know his identity and, you know, wouldn't, you know, I don't know. I, I uh, U52 shaking my fist again. <laughs> yeah. Because then, you know, how did they change yeah. like, like Superboy's origin? You know, he wasn't tied to that. And then obviously Cyborg Superman and Blade. Not Blade. 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 <laughs> Steel. <laughs> wow. Uh, Wesley Snipes is just play Steel. You know what? No. All right. So that, that's that's what I was. I, I prefer Shaquille O'Neal to come back and uh-huh. reprise his role. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just that, and that's the other reason why I like Zero Year because we get to see what happened, and you know, I'm I'm okay if if things happen. I whatever. You know, I I can get over. DC saying, yeah, we're going to do this and say, we're going to change this, whatever like that. But it's like the, the fact that we don't know like what has happened or what hasn't happened. Yeah. That, that's, that's the annoying thing. And they're almost being intentionally vague about it. I feel it's like because they, they, it, and it could just be like, let's not tie our hands. Let's not, you know, so that, that way, if you want to do something different, you know, we, we can do it instead of being locked in. Cause that was kind of the point of, of relaunching it where you don't, you're not tied to the continuity. They already screwed that up with the whole five years ago. Like they should, that's the one time they should have been intentional. Yeah. Big. Because yeah, <laughs> since, since we have this, this missing time period, it's like what the heck happened in, in, in this period. You'd even think like wonder woman, if, if you know, she was in man's world or whatever you want to call it. By the, at the point that Superman would have fought Doomsday, you'd think she would have at least heard about this like yeah, that's that's, so that's ten foot tall rampaging monster that destroyed half of a city and killed Superman. So maybe <laughs> I mean I don't know. That's a question. So maybe that didn't happen then. But it, I got the impression it did from Grant Morrison's vagueness. But yeah, well, and also kind of what's going on here because yeah, he can't have just been in the Phantom Zone the whole time because Superman wouldn't know necessarily who he is. Yeah. Actually, okay, hold Unless on. There's some Kryptonian records. I was going to say, does he mention fighting Doomsday or does he just know what it is? Because he actually then could have because he might have like taken stock at some point of like, here's who's in the Phantom Zone. It's a 10 foot tall behemoth. Um, yeah, he, I don't, because he's, he's like, they, they call it, they called it Doomsday. Okay. And she's like, I've never seen you like this. You've told me its name, but not what it is. Why are you so concerned? Because Diana. Doomsday is death. Doomsday is more than he appears. And he was here. He was real enough in our world. If he escapes again. See, it's a... If he escapes again. Yeah. Okay, so maybe, says, yeah, maybe he got out of the Phantom Zone. Uh, he was real enough in our world to attack us both, even if he couldn't come all the way through the seals of the Phantom Zone, maybe weakening. Maybe he's, maybe he's just referring to this most recent time. That See, again, it, you could take it one of two ways. Yeah, because he doesn't say, like... I fought him and he killed me. Yeah. That so would. you got to watch out. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. And, but, and that's why I, I like the um, green, that's a green, the flash annual too, where we saw like the first encounter between Hal and Barry. Yeah. Cause you know, you get to see that first, first interaction. That was a fun, that was a fun issue. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, you know, that, that's why I hope that like team seven could have, could have done better mm-hmm. because 
it was in that time period. So, you know, I thought it could be a good chance to, to see that. And, you know, I, I would love to see more of that. The good thing about that is it was Justin Jordan, right? Yes. So he was writing that and Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. So and he was really, he was pulling Deathstroke out of the freaking yeah. spiral that it would have gone into. Because, you know, if, if you're, if you're going to have a book set five years ago or at the beginning, there's going to have, you're going to need careful coordination. Yeah. Because, you know, if, if you're going to say, okay, this is going to be the point where, where Batman first meets, um, KG beast. Yeah. That's, you can't screw that <laughs> you know, up. So you, you have to make sure that the, whoever's writing the current day stuff is aware of that in case, Hey, I'm going to bring KG beast. And it's right. like, wait, you know, so with, with Justin doing, um, Deathstroke both ends, it was easier to, to coordinate that. And, yeah. You know, I, I would be all for a series set back then, but I don't know if I, I may be like one of the only ones. I don't know if, if people really care about that. Even call like, you know, bring back the old JLA classified brand of like kind of this just happened at some sort of indistinct point in the past. Yeah. The, the problem again with that is the same problem that like DCU Presents had. The problem that maybe Batman Eternal could have, but probably not mm-hmm. because it's Batman, <laughs> is when, when you have something like DCU Presents where it's like, okay – you're going to have a random character show up. You know, you're right. going to have dead man. Then you're going to have um, Roy Harper. Then you're going to have, you know, Randall savage blue, blue, blue devil or, you know, so uh, blue devil. I miss you. So I, I think the problem, like, like for you, cause you know, you, you mainly order for your subscribers yes. at your store and then you'll order maybe a couple extra for the for that. So with a title like that, people may not want to subscribe to it because they're like, I, I really like dead dead man but i don't i don't need to read roy harper and i'm just using an example so (laughs) it's harder for you to order it's like okay i ordered 20 copies for the store yeah i may not you i may not be able to sell 20 copies each month because it's going to depend on the character Mm -hmm. and you can try to really keep tabs on the solicits but it's possible something could shift yeah you know last minute it's like oh no um Uh, that's why i feel like it could work with something like because there's something like a plus x where it's like at least the roster is, you know, and obviously it's Avengers, so is the roster really limited? But if for something like this with JLA Classified, where the JLA has a very distinct small membership at this point in the New 52, so people sort of would know what they're getting into. They're yeah. like, it might not always be the same exact characters, but it's always going to be like, you know, three of these 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's I don't know. We'll see. And then that's the thing with with Batman Eternal. You know, which we're still not fully clear on how that's going to work. Nope, or what it is, or um, what it's about. <laughs> but it, you know, obviously Stephanie Brown's supposed to show up. Sure. And then you know we we saw the image with all the other characters. So I'm assuming that there's going to be these different stories that are going to kind of focus on different characters. And you know maybe I don't know. I don't even know if Batman's going to be in each each issue. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's been said or not. Um, so it it would just be weird to do something like that, but. I don't know. I personally would like to see the early days explored and, you know, I don't need every single moment rehashed and, you know, maybe some first encounters are the same. Great. You can, you know, update it or whatever, or you do something different. Like obviously we, we um, saw a certain female character (laughs) in Batman zero year. Yes. Just lightly mentioned, you know, and maybe even like one panel. So, you know, I, I'm curious, what was Batman's first encounter with this character? So, you know, that's, that's what I like seeing that. And I don't know. And then we've got stuff like Doomsday where it's like, what, what has yeah. happened? Which, which also, he looks very different from that original character announcement where he had the Popeye hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, and I guess the other thing is just don't worry about it and just focus on the, the current stories. Don't worry about it, Danny. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> and uh, we'll see if anyone tells me to shut up about continuity. <laughs> uh, it's either the most important thing or the least important thing. Yeah. Um, Just League of America, number nine. Number nine. What'd you think of this? Number nine. Um, I'm full of references today. I, you know, I, I pretty much agreed with your review. Um, it was kind of like, oh, we're seeing this weird prison and the effect it's having on people again. again. Yeah. So. Are we going to see anything new? No. Okay. This seems a little fillery for a book that doesn't. It's only on issue nine. It's a little early for filler. Especially with how, you know, kind of exciting this situation is. Uh, I will say, to its credit, that I really do like the dynamic between Martian Manhunter and Starkrow. Yeah, and that's what I'm most excited about is, mm-hmm. you know, and we have these two characters who haven't really been explored. They've only been touched on and in, in, in when the series started. But I'm – and the, the little glimpses we get in Stargirl's you know, past, I, I'm really curious about what's going on there. So I, I think that can be really fun. Mm-hmm. But this issue is just like, oh, here's these – and it just feels weird. It's, it's, it's like the, the, the imprisoned survivors they come across seem so out of character. And I know that's the point because they're so whatever, you know, yeah. caught up in this scenario stuff. Also, again, this was – this is actually kind of well-trod – ground because again weirdly enough going back to jla classified the first arc was called new maps of hell and it was basically this like they were imprisoned by this malevolent cosmic being in like their own nightmares so it's kind of weird that they're doing this again (laughs) yeah so i i mean next issue hopefully will be be better yeah i mean i was like it it was just okay and you know i I think some some people liked it more great i'm 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 always happy when when someone likes likes a comic mm-hmm. or something like that or like um don't wanna, we don't go into comics wanting to dislike them <laughs> yeah because because like I, I I reviewed Agents of Shield and I gave it a three you and, did and and someone commented like like oh I love this you know me and my dad watching and I think that's great mm-hmm. I I started writing a comment to that person but then I th- I thought well if I just say Oh, I think it's great that you like it. I, I didn't want it to sound like I was being like a jerk. Like, like, yeah. like, oh, I'm glad you like it. Yeah. It's like, no, because that makes one of us. My, my daughter, my daughter really likes it. It's a show. Yeah. And, you know, I, she, I think they need to kind of start getting to the point. But I, I, I generally enjoy the show. Yeah, it, it's just it, it feels so weird. I mean, if like if it wasn't tied to the Marvel Universe, you know, that could be fine. So mm-hmm. now we're, we're veering talking about, about the show for, for Which a, is a fine. It's a, you know, it's yeah. comic related. Uh I, I I love the fact that that you know they mentioned level eight. Mm-hmm. I, I like the idea that there's all this this hidden stuff because they mentioned it. There was an earlier episode a reference to Hawkeye and Black Widow. Yeah, as well. where Agent Coulson goes to Sky. He's like, "Did you hear about the the event? You know, the whatever thing at this place?" And she's like, "No." He's like, "That's because we took care of it." Yeah. So I like the idea that that they've been around that they're you know they're covering things up or you know trying to prevent panic. Mm-hmm. That there's level eight. Then you know they they have a list of potentially powered character you know people so i think that's all cool but it's like every episode it's it's like a villain of the week type of thing mm-hmm. and most of the problems are kind of like technical things there rarely do we see actual superpowers and i'm, I'm not saying we should have superpower characters every episode but we should at least get a little more you know, we had that fire dude yeah scorch scorch that was that was great um we had you know um Oh, we, I mean, you know, Graviton was teased. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It just, it feels so separate and it doesn't need to be tied into all the movies, but it should have more of a feel next week. It's supposed to tie into Thor. Okay. So there's supposed to be like, like we also that. got Victoria hand. That was kind of neat. Yeah. 
yeah so so there there's that um but yeah so on tuesday it's it's supposed to um i just want like i said i just want them to get to like the point because now they have two giant mysteries that they're like kind of teasing with and it's like you can't you can't just keep like introducing more questions and giving us no answers like because yeah you know they told sky there was some information about her parents but then that information you know was already full of holes and it's like we need some resolution like and it's you know the viewership is unfortunately dropping off and i say unfortunately because i want this show to do well mm-hmm. i would love for a joss whedon show to make it out of season one yeah <laughs> that isn't dollhouse because i did not care for that show <laughs> yeah so um but yeah i i think the show has a lot of potential and i think that you know if you go back and watch something like Buffy or Angel, sometimes the first season's not great. Mm-hmm. Like that first season of Buffy is kind of like this. It's like freak of the week. There's a little bit of character development every now and then, but it's not great. And then season two takes off like a rocket. So I want to see what happens. Yeah. I'm hoping it gets picked up for a second season because I feel like that will be when people start coming back. And also it's it's like, you know, you can't bring out all the big guns either. Yeah. And, and you know, it's understandable. You know, you're not going to get Robert Downey Jr. to do a guest appearance. I mean, maybe, but probably yeah. not. And, you know, and, you know, I've also mentioned like Carol Danvers. You know, it's like, do you want to introduce her in a TV show or do you want to save her possibly for a movie? You know, yeah. cause there, there's a whole thing or even, you know, a, another villain like let's say like the Wrecking Crew. You know, would we want to introduce them here or save them? So. Save that for Thor three. Yeah, and then you know, of course, and there's you know budgets and you know special effects and so I don't know, but there's that. I just um someone tweeted me they're like check this out change dot org. Mm-hmm. So you know these are for the really important petitions. Sure, very important petitions. So someone has started a petition. DC Comics bring back Scott Lobdell to Red Hood and the Outlaws. And it says DC Comics um bring back the best writer before a comic gets canceled. This comic uh-huh. deserves the best, and it has such a unique and relatable storyline. It would be such a tragedy to see it go or put into the wrong hands. So right now, there are four supporters, and 96 are needed. Oh, how the narrative but has changed. I don't understand. It's like, so what happens if 100 people sign this? Whoa. Nothing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, hey, DC, 100 people want this. Yeah, like maybe they send it to DC. I don't know. But And it isn't like change.org supposed to be for like more not the comics aren't important but. yeah well remember that when the white house introduced like petitions that they basically had to they, they didn't somehow despite the fact that i find this president and his cabinet to be fairly tech savvy they didn't realize how the internet worked and that yeah they would get like a bunch of really dumb like petitions although they to their credit they actually answered quite a few of them <laughs> and so then it says um someone signed reason for signing um, because the author who started this story deserves to regain control over it if he feels that he wants it back. But the question is, does he want it back? Also, that's a really badly constructed sentence. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I don't know <laughs> author of what, but it's like he he left the series. Yeah, and it it I didn't get the impression that he was forced to leave it. No, it just he especially because you know, now he's writing you know six other series. It, so he you know he he's clear DC has faith in his abilities. So it's it's like. I love Red Hood and the Outlaws. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I loved what he was doing and, and everything. But it's like Red Hood and the Outlaws or Superman, right? You know, who, which character? You know, who's a more iconic character? And who's going to raise your profile? So, it, it. I didn't get the impression that he was like booted off. He, nah, he, not at all. You know, he. It, he made it clear that he's like because he. Um, 
even wrote, wrote like that goodbye letter, like, you know, that we, we I'm sure we posted that. Mm-hmm. It's like that, you know, he's like, I'm leaving. <laughs> that was old. Yeah, that's a whole other story. But yeah, so I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Someone's like, like, hey, check this out. Hmm. So I don't know. Um, I, do, I will have to say, um, uh, you know, the whole thing with, uh, with, with Jason losing his memory, I'm... I'm not crazy about that, but, yeah. but I, I like the idea of going to the Assassin's City, Assassinsville. I, I think there was, I think, I, I don't think you had to wipe his memory to do that, though. Yeah. Like, I think that could have been a great fallout from Death of the Family. I think that could have been like him trying to distance himself from Batman after, you know, this perceived loss of trust. And yeah, I think that, that alone could have been a great motivation and could have given some consequence to that storyline. Yeah. Um,. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just willing to see where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. Back to this week's comics. Sure. Big segue in a couple different places. Superior Spider-Man. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I wasn't I, crazy. I was unfamiliar with this character, but yeah. I enjoyed what they did with her. I wasn't um, completely crazy about issue 20, you mm-hmm. know, right after the Spider-Man 29. I mean, it was like a, a huge, huge story arc. And then, you know, we went with Stunner. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but But there's... Bits and, and th- you know, there's, there's a lot that happens here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's big stuff with Carly. Yeah. Let's just say that. Very big stuff with Carly. Um, Some pretty big stuff with Otto Octavius, too. Yeah. So, which I, I thought was a little weird. <laughs> yeah. So, people, definitely, you want to, you know, check this out. Um, I don't think we didn't review this book this week. Um, oh, weird. Like, well, because I, I didn't review last week. And mm. I, I, I think, I don't know if Matt was, was, limited or you know something happened or he wasn't able to and then or maybe i was going to and i read and i was just like eh, you know and then i just ran out of time and then i didn't put this one up since it was like part two so but there's definitely some stuff that happens there it's good stuff i like it i really like the dynamic between um between just yeah peter parker quote unquote and sort of the rest of his i like that they're bringing in a new cast sort of Mm -hmm. yeah also i'm a big fan of the love interest i think she is great yeah uh, Deadpool 19. This, um, I was worried when Brian Posehn and Jerry Dugan came on this book, not because I don't think they're good writers. I think they're, they've been fantastic, but they're, you know, especially Posehn. I, I'm a huge fan of his comedy, but it's, you know, he's very comedic. And I, I wrote, you know, I think it was one of the first essays I wrote for the site was how Deadpool is interesting when he kind of has a little like drop of pathos and he kind of, get serious every now and then these last few issues have shown that these two guys are perfectly capable of taking Deadpool to that place. Mm -hmm. Uh, this issue, especially man, there's, I don't know if he jokes even once, like, unless he's being wry, like yeah, this was like a really heavy, really kind of disturbing issue. Uh, and I really got it. I loved it. I got a big kick out of that. Best Deadpool story ever recently, lately. (laughs) Recently, probably, actually. Maybe if you don't count the Deadpool kills stuff, which I've just been loving. Yeah. Um, I got an email from Assassin's Creed. Wow. From Assassin's Creed? <laughs> it's from Assassin's Creed. All right. Well, that's yeah. not good. I probably shouldn't be hearing about this. Uh, yeah. Prank call. Prank call. Yeah. Buy it now. <laughs> I already did. I try. I'm trying. <laughs> November 18th. Last chance to pre-order on Xbox One. Mm. For those um cataclysm ultimate comic spider-man 
Uh, despite the incredibly misleading cover, I liked this issue. Yeah. Uh, this was a very character-focused issue, which I feel like they kind of needed after last issue got very... Or last, really, arc got very bombastic. This kind of brought it back down, kind of talking about people's motivations. More stuff with Cloak and Dagger, and I think they're just great. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this was this was a very entertaining and very fun issue. I really, really have no idea where this book is going to go. That's that's a weird thing. Um, yeah, because then next week we have uh, Cataclysm, Ultimate Comics, Ultimates. Yes. So it's like... It's it's weird because we're getting like I guess is I think this is a one shot. It's three, I think. Um, doesn't say. Yeah, the other Anyways. ones are the other the, both Ultimates and uh, Last Stand are three issues. Yeah, I'm I think. trying to think. Yeah, because I posted a preview last night for Ultimates. Um, it's just I don't know. It's it's like what's going to happen? It's like yeah. know, it's it feels like you know it's going like all over the place and but I don't know. I'm 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 I am worried. I have some concerns. Um, but you know, it's kind of fun not knowing. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, superior foes of Spider-Man. I love this book. Yes. Yeah, so I didn't, I unfortunately have not had a chance to read all of this issue, but I'm sure it continues to be great and darkly comedic. <laughs> yeah. So this is, it, it's, it's nice to, cause I know we've talked about it before, how villains don't normally have their own books. They don't yeah. work, you know, for so long, but this, it, it's, it's interesting to see. I mean, it's like going. because these guys aren't like murderous like they're not yeah you know they're not psychotic just thrill killers which is you know kind of why books like deathstroke have a hard time working when he you know at the end of the first arc just mows down these five unarmed people mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like oh good this is the guy we're supposed to be rooting for yeah uh so you know th- this doesn't that doesn't happen in this so it makes the guys you know they're almost like blue collar super villains mm-hmm. like they're almost relatable in a weird way yeah and the fact that you know there's, there's some of the bumbling nature yeah exactly it's it's a bit some, there's some slapstick to it certainly. a little more lovable yeah it's a bit like the three stooges <laughs> yeah thor god of thunder this has been a really interesting story arc um i feel like they have they've sort of tied it into the movie i mean malekith is literally in it though he predates the movie mm-hmm. um but I, I feel like they're doing it in a really cool way because they're not just like sort of retelling the story of the movie. They're, you know, take, they're putting their own spin on it. So I, I think it's a great story in its own right. Have you seen the movie? I have not yet. Oh, my goodness, Corey. I, I do this for a living. <laughs> That's okay. Um, Avengers Arena. I hope you didn't read the comments. Uh, just review. <laughs> I never do. Um. I just like that there are a lot of them. Uh, you know, I love this book. What can I say? <laughs> I think it's uh, it's fantastic. Oh, I should, I should, I'm like spoiling things. Yeah, through. you are. <laughs> it's uh, it's really dark. It's really disturbing. And that's what it's trying to do. I mean, you want to talk about a book where you don't know what's going to happen next. People complain about how predictable comics get. And then a book comes out where it's unpredictable and people complain because yeah. it's characters they care about. Um. But yeah, no, I, I've I had read comments on the last review, and one of the big complaints is that the characters aren't being written accurately. But I don't think that's true at all. Like, you've got to remember these are people being put in an extraordinary situation, and they're still in their teens. Like, I remember, you know, I remember being seventeen or eighteen. If someone had thrown me into a freaking arena and told me to start killing people, I might not have had the presence of mind to not, especially if other people were trying to kill me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's this weird thing where like somehow the taking the high road has just become the default, even though you go back and read stuff like runaways and they 
they screw up all the time. Yeah. Like, they don't make the right decisions. They are selfish. They, like, I don't know where this notion that the Runaways were somehow the most noble of superhero teams came from. They're actually, a lot of times, incredibly selfish mm-hmm. and self-centered. And that's fine because, you know, they're written, they're young. They don't know any better. They're still, like, trying to learn the ways of the world. Yeah. So and, I think it's a fantastic book. And I understand. Um, and they haven't actually killed that many. Like, that's another thing. It's like, oh, they're just killing all these characters. Most of the characters who have died were characters introduced in this book. Yeah. But, so he created them. <laughs> yeah, but there's still some that sure. maybe are dead. Or maybe. We'll see. And that's the other thing. Who knows so, what's actually going on? And, you know, I, I can understand that where, you know, if you're, you really are attached to these characters and it's like, they're just cannon fodder. We're, you know, no, they're, they're basically saying no one cares about these characters. So if, if we put them in a situation. So I, I, I can books, it's sold better. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I can see that feeling, but. But I, I also don't think that's what they're saying. I really don't think they're saying, like, nobody cares about these characters so we can do whatever they want. In fact, I kind of think it's the opposite, where it's like, people do care about these characters, so they're going to want to, like, either root for them or, like, they're going to be sad if something bad happens to them. Yeah, especially when X-23 dies. Yes, when, not if. Um, Injustice, Gods Among Us, annual number one. This was a fun book. This was a very, very, very fun book. Watching Harley Quinn fight Lobo. Uh also fake mustache i love that that has become a running joke throughout this book mm-hmm. it's so dumb and i love it uh yeah though and it's interesting to see harley go back to kind of her uh her psychologist roots yeah because yeah people forget like yeah she was a psychiatrist mm-hmm. i'm just looking because i, I kind of is there just like some time jumping around here a little bit because okay because I, I i was reading most of this and i kind of looked ahead so there's a point where this part happens. Is that how it ends? Because then it's no, because Lobo can regenerate. So she yeah. actually even mentions like, okay, so it did happen. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was because I I got to that point and I didn't realize. Oh, there's more pages. Yes. And I was like, wait, what happened? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's interesting to like kind of see that. You know, I, I always like it when someone who you think is one way is another, and it's it's she she has a very tactical mind at least in this book. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's a broken mind, but it's she she thinks very interestingly. But the question has always been: is like how how trained of a psychiatrist was she really? She was working in Arkham Asylum. I mean, yeah, but there there's been some issues where it showed her kind of using other ways to get passing grades. Oh my! So you know, like how and and you know because if you look at her and and I mean. Harley doesn't always isn't always portrayed as the most intelligent character. You know, sure. she's kind of bubbly or just kind of and you know a little crazy. You know, obviously, you know she's infatuated with with the Joker and sure. all that. So, you know, and and I guess the question is, was she on her path to begin with, and then snapped and then became Harley Quinn? Or you know, so it's like how? And I guess the other thing is, is like how 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 good of a psychiatrist was she? Yeah. And I don't know. It's just, just, just fascinating character. I wouldn't mind it if, if she actually was, because then it, it sort of lends this whole new dimension to her character of like how much of this is an affectation so that people will look at her one way and kind of underestimate her. Yeah. Cause I don't think she should be a dumb character. No, I don't I'm, think I'm so. Not, I'm not trying to say that. And kind I don't of think she should be. That, that background is a little disturbing. Actually. I was actually not aware of the fact that they were implying that she 
used some, let's say, alternative methods to get through school. Yeah, there that's is a little. I forgot what comic it was, but there is something. I don't know. I don't think it was in Mad Love. The like the comic. I don't word. think so either. That comic oh. was a bit more lighthearted for something like that. Yeah, but there's yeah. Um, anyway, she's an interesting character. Yeah, and I'm I'm really curious to see what what um, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. I am really interested in that book too. So we'll see. Um, Nightwing. 25. I like this more than I thought I would. I'll be completely honest. So it's a zero year book. Of course. Um, of course. Um, so yeah, it was, it was fun mm-hmm. to see, see what's going on. Um, and this is a case where it's like, this isn't crucial. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll admit when, when I heard it's like, okay, they're doing all these zero year tie-ins. It's like, how are you going to do that? It doesn't make sense. But, but yeah, this, he's not Nightwing. He's not Robin. Right. So, you know, it, it makes sense. Does Batman appear at any point in this issue? I don't think he does. Then that's okay. When we get to Green Lantern, I have something to say about that. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there, I, I don't see, I don't think there's any like shadow. Right. You know, going like maybe when they're being chased, like he trips the guy who's chasing them up or something as he swings by. Cause like with, um, Batwing that came out, I think it was last week. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. th- there is, you know, there was a, a little appearance by Batman, sure. and what was nice about that is you you have Luke Fox fighting these guys, and then Batman shows up, and then he kind of just like looks over at him. Yeah. So you can think he's like, okay, he's making a mental note, knowing who this kid is. It's like kicking these guys' butts. Right. Know, there's some potential, there. and it really worked well there. Un- kind of unlike in Green Arrow, where I felt like it was a bit shoehorned in. Yeah. Um, and then also, I don't have it here, but Batgirl came out. Yes, and I didn't get a chance to read that, and I wanted to. So Marguerite um, Bennett, Bennett, <laughs> um, wrote that. It was it was it was wait pretty good, and um, oh, oh was, <laughs> I just sorry, I got a I got a, getting a lot of emails. I got an email from Amazon. Um, oh boy, your savings! I saved money. Oh well. So because um, they have their three pre- cents? pre-order price uh-huh. guarantee, me, three cents, of course. <laughs> You know why they do that? Why? It's so that when you're comparing prices, theirs will show up higher than anyone who's just yeah. charging full price. Yeah. So the p- price on order date was three ninety nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. They changed it to three ninety nine ninety six. There you go. Wow. I saved three cents, man. Go buy your daughter some penny candy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the uh, Batgirl. So it, it was. Which now it, costs a nickel. <laughs> it, it was. It was. It was a good issue. I mean. Um, okay, good, good. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah, so I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing more from from Marguerite. Um, you know, she's she's doing Lois Lane, the one shot, which I'm super excited about. That she's doing Joker's daughter, which we we posted that in, in very impressive interview. Yeah, yeah, very impressive um, if not a little odd. So I'm I mean I I've made it clear how I feel about Joker's daughter. I mean, <laughs> I mean there was one thing the, the way that story was written and just the character in general. It's like I didn't feel a need. Or and it just yeah. you know it didn't seem to make sense. And I know she appeared. I think it was in Catwoman twenty four. Yes, twenty five. Um, but so I I have no idea. I didn't read those, so I don't know how how those went. But I'm curious to see what what she's going to do with that. But mm-hmm. in in Batgirl, so it's it's during zero year, and you know Commissioner or he's not a commissioner then, but you know he's like okay, I got to go off. You stay here, watch your little brother. But then things start getting bad. You know, there's a flood coming. And they have to leave. So it's kind of like, you know, struggling for survival among, you know, the other victims mm-hmm. and, you know, keep an eye on her brother and everything. And so it, it, it's good where, you know, she she takes 
kind of an action role in, in a way. You yeah. Know? And, but she's not, you know, putting on a costume. Or right. Like she's that. not Batgirl. Because, you know, she's being her father's daughter. So, yeah. you know, she's got to do the right thing and, you know, she's got to protect her brother, protect the homestead. And so it was, it was, it was an interesting story. I, I was going to review it, but yeah, Wednesday was just crazy. Yeah, it seemed like it. With my computer and switching stuff and then, um, meetings and I did, I, I shouldn't say more, but I did a voiceover for something Ooh. on Wednesday and it wasn't a preview theater. Mm. So, so just leave that. Um, mysterious. Uh-huh. Uh, Star Wars. Yes. Number 11. Hell of a book. Uh, the original artist, Carlos Danda, Danda, Dandy, Danda, the Dandy Warhols, uh, <laughs> is back. And, uh, you know, like I, like I said, in my, the, the essential write up, I liked the guy that they got after him, but the, there's just something about, about the way that Danda, maybe because he helped set the original tone. That it just feels more right, mm-hmm. and this book continues to be just one of the best character studies of pre-established or pre-existing characters that I have ever read. Yeah, um, it makes it 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 enhances the fiction that it's derived from by its existence, and I think that's that is an amazingly difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, wrath, wraith, wraith, wraith. Wanted to read this, but have not. Uh, I I didn't. I don't know how I totally missed this. Because uh, Matt's like, it's like, oh, I want to I review that. So I'm like, it's number one. It's like, what the heck is that? And I was, I was like, whoa, Joe Hill. And so this is um, from NOS4A2. Yes. Nosferatu. Which that was the other uh, thing. When that book came out, I saw the, like, the license plate cover. And I didn't put it together right away. It was yeah. until I started reading it. Then I was like, ah. I didn't get it until I said it out loud. I think it was actually Jen who was like, yeah, say it out loud. You'll get it immediately. I was like, no, it's Oh, that's really clever. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I cannot wait to read this. Um, what was interesting. So the, the character, Charlie Manx, um, he's also mentioned in Dr. Sleep, which is oh, uh, the is sequel. Stephen King? Yes. Stephen King sequel to the shining, hmm. which um, I, I've been reading that. How was that? It's it's good because you know we're what fifty years removed from fifty years. No. It's a bit long, isn't it's, it? It's uh, Thirty from, years from, yeah, from the seventies. So I mean, so about forty. So y- you have Danny. He's he's like in his thirties, forties, mm. and you know, so you get to see like where what happened afterward and what is what he happened. A troubled to author. Um, no, I mean there's there's some interesting things, and I'm I'm like I'm reading on the Kindle. I I, I wanted to get the hardcover. I was like, oh, I could get it, like a first printing and. But then it's like the Kindle is just cheaper and easier because now, you know, I, I can carry it. And of course, um, yeah. you know, I actually was reading it on the ferry one time. I was like, you know, I'm not going to do any work. I'm gonna actually going to read. So I did that. So I, I think I'm like, like maybe like 30, 40 percent through. So, so, so about <laughs> 200, 300 pages. <laughs> uh, so it, it's there's this element that's like building up like this other thing. Is it, just, It's still a horror book, right? Because Stephen King doesn't just write horror, so. Um. Yeah, I mean, there there's some dark things. I mean, it's the sequel to The Shining. You'd think yeah. it would still be. Yeah, there's some there's some. So basically, there's this other group of people. There's this other stuff that's like developing that you know is gonna you know come into you know clashing together. So I'm not sure how I feel about that, but I guess I'll have to see where it's going to go. Right. And it's, it's part of, it's also that thing. It's like where, you know, something dark's coming. It's like, I don't want, it's like, can't it just be a happy story, but then why am I reading this? <laughs> then why are you reading anything with Stephen King's name? On yeah. It? So, 
Um, Forever Evil Arkhamore. Yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, Greg. He 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 kind of liked the first issue, and this mm-hmm. one he was just like, eh. I kind of agree with him. So it, it seemed again very fillery, but this isn't. You know, this is only issue what two, three. Two. It's yeah, two it's of a six. Bit early for filler. Yeah. So rise of the talents. Mm-hmm. Except only- not really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's probably. Um, see, I don't know how I feel about Forever Evil and all this. It's just. It's fine. Like it's objectively fine. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I, I like the idea of the main story, mm-hmm. and you know, I didn't like that, like the the Black Adam stuff. You had to read that in Justice League, right? It's like okay, but then you know, you have all this these other tie-ins, even like you know, Justice League of America. It's just like, uh, yeah. So I don't know, and we're only it just kind of seems to be meandering. How many issues problem. are we? Three issues in a Forever Evil? Yeah, or do we get we two? No, we are three. Three issues. Okay. Yeah, we got. I think it's no. I think is it a seven issue series? Because I always thought it was eight, so. and I think it's seven. It's like okay, that's weird. So yeah, Green Lantern Corps. So twenty five. So I really did like this. Um, as a fair warning, the solicitation was incorrect. Uh, Bernard Chang was solicited as the artist. He is not. He is the cover artist. But that's a nice cover. Yes, it is. Uh, the interiors are fine, and you know they get the the names right on the cover. So that's. <laughs> something mm-hmm. uh but just as a fair warning um i you know i really liked this i thought john stewart really got screwed out of a zero year or zero year a zero issue when green Lantern court just focused on guy gardner um so i i like that he's finally kind of getting his due the way that they get him into gotham is is fine it's organic it's you know he's a marine the marine corps is going in for disaster relief fine makes perfect sense batman shows up at the end of this issue and i can't for the life of me figure out why uh, he just kind of shows up and is like perching and John Stewart's kind of like doubting himself after what happens in the issue. And then he's just like, you know, he looks over and he's not there. And I'm like, why was he there in the first place? Like John Stewart isn't, he's obviously not in the bat family. He's, I think he and Batman have barely shared two sentences between them. Yeah. So it's just kind of weird. That's why I asked if he shows up in Nightwing and maybe I just missed the appearance. Cause you'd think There'd be like sort of that that with Luke Fox where it's like oh he not- he like takes notice of of Dick Grayson, but yeah it was it just seemed weird that they would just sort of insert Batman. Hmm. So yeah, but it didn't like ruin the issue by any means. It was just it, it struck me as very odd. But yeah, uh, other than that, really solid issue. Okay, uh, Walking Dead. This has finally jumped off. Like we are getting stuff happening. There's even a little bit of humor. Uh, Negan remains an amazing villain or maybe not again. I've, I've, there's been this very interesting shift in kind of the internal politics of this book. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think that the book, like a lot of people were complaining rightly so that the book really wasn't going anywhere. And I think that has changed. I think that big stuff is happening. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) I'm I'm just kind of like, like, okay, but yeah, I'm still kind of waiting. I mean, I, it's a 12, part story so yeah we've got plenty to go yeah i mean that's the thing i i can't even imagine what's going to happen but i you know and again it's it's the same thing with uh you know with robert kirkman you really don't know who's gonna live and who's gonna die so especially with a book that's been going on for this long he rick grimes is not above you know getting offed and i think that lends a great deal of suspense to the book because this is a book that will just kill a character out of nowhere Mm -hmm. um and I think that's great. I think that, you know, reading this, reading that with 
that in mind lends a great deal of tension to it. Yeah. Um, Unity came out. Unity. From Valiant. And so things are pretty crazy with Exo Man of War. And what, what's interesting about that is even if you're not familiar, familiar with the characters, you know, it feels like it, they explain, they set everything up nicely enough mm-hmm. that you get and say, okay, who's this dude here? You know, what, what's he's at sitting at this organization. He's got all these people. And so it's like you, you get enough to know what's going on and to, to figure out. And even like on the recap page, mm-hmm. you can just kind of set up like, like who Exo Man of War is. You know, he was this, this dude like 1600 years ago and he gets taken by aliens. He comes back and he's in, in the future. <laughs> I mean, it's, it sounds crazy. It's a bad time. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was really good. So people should, Mars Attacks Judge Dredd came out. Oh, yeah. Love that book. So much fun. It's, yeah, it is the perfect melding of the 1950s sort of satire of, of Mars Attacks with the 1970s satire of Judge Dredd. And I could not be happier with how those two universes have perfectly integrated in terms of both tone and content. Okay. Hell of a book. Um, I don't think... I mean, we got other comics here, but I think we're going to move on. Yeah. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to talk about off those. Let's give them something. I do want to mention, um, so next week we likely will not have a Friday podcast because I will be making my way to Long Beach. And I just want to explain so people know what to expect for that. So if you saw the announcement that we're, we're kind of partnering with Long Beach so this fellow, Rick Marshall, he does this thing called the Marshall Report, and he did it there last year. Um, he used to, I think he ran, I'm pretty sure he ran MTV Splash Page, which was like their comic site. That um, was basically absorbed by MTV Geek, and, um, and he moved on. So last year he basically, you know, they had this like little mini stage, and he did a lot of interviews, you know, with, with the creators there and all that. So... We are going to be hosting the videos now, which which is cool, I think, mm-hmm. because I'm not taking a camera guy. You know, it's just going to be me. I think Jen's going to – I'm not sure how much she's going to be there, but, you know, it's like almost in her backyard. You know, she's right. in that area. So I, I like the idea of the full-on interviews happening there, and we'll run all those interviews so then I can run around and – take cosplay pictures, do the mystery art challenge and do some more like off their mind questions. So when you see that, you're going to see this guy, Rick, you're like, who's this guy? Yeah. So he's going to be doing interviews. And I, I think that's cool. Cause, yeah. and especially like if this is my 10th show, it's like, <laughs> I don't know how much I can do that. Man. Yeah. You've been busy this year. Yeah. I've been busy this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so next week, so Saturday and Sunday, um, you can look look for those to start going up. Also, next weekend is Doctor Who. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I showed my my daughter a trailer, and she saw like Matt Smith and David Tennant. And she's like, "What?" You know, yep. she's like, "How can they both be there?" And, <gasps> How indeed. Yeah. So there's that. Um, I'm trying to think what we did last time. We did emails, or I think we did both. Um, oh yeah I think we we actually did a decent chunk of both yeah so I remember we were closing in on that on that final page yeah so I'm, I'm gonna hit some emails alright um so this is from Brent Clark 
He says, forget whether or not you think DC will ever do it. If you were in charge of DC and had mm. the power to revert a timeline to pre-52 universe, would you? I wouldn't. I would change the new 52 timeline so that it was longer. Uh, but I would not revert it. Yeah, I think at this point, um, I mean, it, we're, we're too far into it. Mm-hmm. And we're over two years into it, in fact. Yeah, I, I just... How crazy even, is that for a second? Over mm-hmm. two years. Yeah. Seems like yesterday. Yeah, 2011. <laughs> I, I just think, you know, and because you also have to look at it, a lot of new readers came on with the mm-hmm. new 52. And if it, all of a sudden you're like, okay, now we're going back to all this other stuff, it would just be weird. And then and the other thing is like, when do you go back? Do you go back at that same moment? Because, you know, since time has passed for us, mm-hmm. you know, so let's let's say Tim Drake was... How old would he be? 17, 18? Or, you know, it's like in, in the, the, old? the Yeah. I thought he was 16, a bit so. older than that. Tim Drake. Yeah, see, I don't I, Wasn't he like out of high school? I don't even know. Anyway. So, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like, you. when do you go back? Um, you know, do you go back at that, that same moment, like right before Flashpoint, just try to pick up from there? Or do you let things, you know, because. Maybe about a year has gone by. You know, mm-hmm. some people say at least a year has gone by in a new 52, if not more, which I, I don't think they should be doing that. I don't think they, they can't lock in the, that time. That, that is how you, that that's is how this problem. got screwed up in the first place. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if you try going back and it's like, then what happens where we see, we've seen some character growth mm-hmm. with, with some of the characters. Um, and then what do you do? And, and even like, like Green Lantern, who mm-hmm. has, hasn't had that much change. It's like, what do you do with, with all that stuff? Yeah. Does that still, you know, so I, I just I also think you know it's been proven that we can that they can tell good stories with this new setting. Mm-hmm. Like I think if we you know if there was nothing that good that was happening, I think then that might be a a good time to revert back. But we've gotten some great stories out of this, so I don't think there's any reason to to revert. Yeah, I mean there's there's some things that have happened. It's just like ah, it would, it would be yeah, nice. There's like, some bad ones. It's like can we? Is there any way to go back with? Just this character or these characters, but yeah, I think you just bring back Shadow Pact. That's all I want. Yeah, this is where we're at now, so I, I'm I don't I don't think we can go back, and I don't, yeah. I don't think it would work. Yeah. Okay. Number two, have Rachel Summers and Cable, who sort of share a father, ever had any significant interaction? Answer is yes. Okay. Um. I well, I mean, there was that weird thing. Which I don't know how to explain. So Rachel. Got stuck in a time stream or something like that. Of course she did. She got really old. She became like the Scani mother or something like that. Okay. So then cabled the whole thing with the Scani and so there there's all that. And there's there's I know there's points where in, um when when Cable was an infant that you know they had this little like telepathy. I mean he wasn't talking to her, but you know, she I remember there's something where she was like trying to comfort him when someone was like going after her or something like that. So there's been some, but then more recently, not not as much. And because, yeah, it was a weird thing because, like, Rachel was gone and then she was like old. And does Havoc exist in any of these alternate timelines, like in the Age of Apocalypse or Days of Future Past? Because we always see Cyclops. Have we ever seen Havoc? Age of Apocalypse, I'm thinking he must have been there. I don't remember. I would think he'd have to, I'm trying to think. I don't remember any action figures or, yeah, no, he, he I'm pretty sure he was. I think he was, he was in there. I don't remember what, what, cause I remember Cyclops was with Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. He had the long hair. Yeah. The long hair and the one eye. He yeah. actually was Cyclops. Yeah. So I don't know what happened to Havoc. He, he must've been somewhere. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad Rachel came back and it's not stuck at the end of time or wherever she was. Indeed. It was like some weird thing. Um, have you ever been so mad at a storyline in the comic that you physically damaged, destroyed your copy of an issue? <laughs> I never have been that angry. Yeah. I have I have thrown them on the ground before, but never, never with intent to destroy. More because I just wanted to get it out of my hands as quickly as possible. I'm trying to remember... Uh, I'm trying to remember when that happened. I think it was fairly recent, actually. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever, ever done that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think if, if something I just didn't like, it's like, uh, I, I think part of it also is because things are going to change usually, and you know, if if it's something, I'm, I'm trying to think of like some really bad, horrible change that didn't revert back. So I don't know. I mean. So you can't get that worked up over it. Yeah. So I don't know. But then again, it's like going back to if it's a character that, that you know you really care about and sure. then, you know something bad happens and and I mean there there are some books that I'm just like this isn't what it used to be and so Yeah. Like like uh, you know as much as I I like Moon Knight and I like Bendis, I wasn't thrilled that he made him so crazy. Right. But I mean it was, it was still an interesting storyline and all that. So I liked it. Joseph says, hey, Tony and Corey, I've been watching and really enjoy Arrow on the CW. I've seen the first season, and I'm liking new this I'm liking this season so far, but I must admit my knowledge of Green Arrow universe is limited. I was wondering what are some good series story arcs I should read if I want to learn more about the character. Anything will be helpful. Thanks, guys. A lot of Judd Winnick's stuff for Green Arrow was, uh, was really entertaining, like the wedding album mm-hmm. uh, volume with Black Canary. That, that series, because it, w- it was Kevin Smith that... Didn't he start that series when when Green Arrow came back from the dead? He started The Sounds of Violence, I believe, was his first arc. And it's actually pretty good. I've never been Kevin Smith's biggest fan in terms of comics. I do love his movies. Uh, but I actually I thought that was good. And I've heard also really good things about his the rest of his run on that character. Yeah, I like that. And he, he's one that I think he did it um, on a Monopeia. Yes. He came with I that. liked that, but I hated the follow-up to it. Mm-hmm. That was not the widening gyre was what that was called. And I did not like that storyline so much. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, uh, year one. Is that Green Arrow he, year one? Yeah. Was that year one when he was on the island? Maybe. That whole thing. Pretty sure it was year one. Uh, and, when, and Andy Diggle and Jock. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah it's yeah. basically, it's like what, so it seems like what they based the show. Very much on, so. You know, even introduced a character called Diggle. Yeah. <laughs> Who's now, now in the comics. Um, I mean, the whole Jeff Lemire recent Green Arrow has been amazing. Yeah. So uh, in the New Fifty Two, so there you go. Some good places to start. And then uh, I liked Green Arrow in Identity Crisis, though it's not really about him. But yeah, I liked the portrayal of the character in that story. There's some good when Green Arrow and Green Lantern were sharing the title. Mm-hmm. There's some good. I mean, if you're looking for classic stuff, yeah, you get track some of those down. Derek Brunell, are there any good Helena Bertinelli stories you would recommend? Mm. She had a mini series, I remember. Um, I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, I want some Birds of Prey. Issues yeah, where she she was in there. She's like, pretty prominent in Hush. <laughs> yeah, it's not really her story again, but <laughs> yeah. Because Derek says I loved her during No Man's Land and that mini that Greg Rucka did, Cry for Blood. I heard she had a big role during Hush. 
There you go. Which I have not read, but... <laughs> we'll read that anyway. <laughs> but she had that totally impractical, out-of-character strip, stripper uniform during it, so that puts me off. Is that the, the belly? I believe, yeah, there was a bit of midriff there. It's not, it's not as bad as some of some other costume it's just It's weird. It's just got this rectangle. Yeah. A hole in her stomach. It's I didn't say it was good. But... I, I, I never understood that, because I, I think the, when Maddie Collector just made a Hunter's figure and it had the... The belly window. It's like I never understood that. It's like I don't see the, the the point of having your midriff showing. It's provocative. Like quite frankly, there's really no other reason. <laughs> but for but it. then it's like you know you do the thing where it's just like a top, like Star Girl's outfit, where yeah. you know she shows her whole midriff. And but just that rectangle of your like, look at my abs. You know, and, I don't know. It's like the whole face mask thing with the the <laughs> where the mask comes up but doesn't cover any part of the face. Yeah. So I don't know. Um. But yeah, I mean, those were good. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned people still being annoyed by the creation of U-52. Hey. Tony. And that's definitely true. For me, though, I'm annoyed with myself for giving the New 52 a chance. Oh, now, now. You show it always gives something a chance. Give, yeah. pe- give peace a chance. Yeah, man. I was reading three books, Wonder Woman, Batwoman, and Earth 2. All good, but two of those books ha- have had their creative teams leave in the middle of stories. Well, that's not the New 52's fault. <laughs> Neither seem to be on good terms. Um, the way editorial has handled this seems very spiteful to the creators, and I feel screwed or over out of a climax to a story I was reading. I have dropped both Earth 2 and Batwoman now, not as a slight to the new creative team, but because I don't want to reward DC's behavior with my money. Now I'm thinking of dropping Wonder Woman because it's not great, not wait, not because it's not great, but because I don't want to continue getting invested in Azrael's great story only to get no ending due to editorial differences. Do you know if DC has any plans of addressing why they are hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging A-list talent? It's as clear as day there is a problem. At this point, once if Azrael finishes Wonder Woman, I don't plan on buying any new DC books, which is annoying because I love the characters and I want to get invested in the world. Which is currently preventing me is that always prevents DC is that the editorial practices. Well, for one thing, that's not the new Fifty Two's fault. The reverting back to the old universe wouldn't change those practices. Well, I, <laughs> so it sounds like the the big problem here is that Derek has is with the, the creators and editorial. Sure. I mean, the one thing is we don't know the whole story. You know, mm-hmm. we we can't see because you know we've seen some creators leave very vocally. You know, <laughs> and other ones that have just left. You know, whatever. So yeah. it's 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 hard. You know, we we can't really comment. You know, we we can make assumptions, mm-hmm. but I mean, there are still people that are still there. Yeah, and you know, so why? You still got Scott Snyder. You still got Jeff Johns. You still got Gail Simone. Well, I mean, Jeff Johns, obviously, he's you know chief creative officer. Oh yeah. So, you know, he's he's going to have his say. Scott Snyder is basically in charge of Batman. So you know, he's. But you'd think, you know, you'd think there might be some editorial mandates there since it's yeah. the most popular character. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard to say what's going on because, you know, when we, we do the interviews, you see, like, a lot of these creators, they're happy there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, or take someone like Jimmy Palmiotti, who is not exclusive. You know, he, he, he does stuff for Marvel and for DC and his own, plenty of his own stuff. Mm-hmm. He keeps going back there, so, you know, he must not be having a problem. Same thing with Charles Soule. Yeah, doing a great job on Red Lanterns and Thunderbolts. (laughs) So it's it's hard to say whether these events are isolated to certain editorial groups or certain characters or you know, 
and then you know the other thing i i you know i don't want to take sides i don't want to defend dc and i don't you know say if it's because you know could it be the creators you know not and i i that the thing is when you're with a big corporate company it makes sense that like hey i want to do this with this character and they might say no we don't want to do that and and you know they could have the totally worst stupidest idea but at the end of the day, I mean, they own a character, so they they can do whatever stupid things they want, and yeah. that that's where there could be a problem. If they are, you know, putting a damper on the the creative control, I could see that being frustrating, where you can't tell the best stories that you feel you can tell mm-hmm. because someone's saying, "No, we're going to make this character start wearing a you know bowling shoes or something," <laughs> and you know, so it's just it's just weird and. We don't know the specifics of why some creators leave and all that. And, yeah. But at the same time, so what he said, he – like Earth 2, um, first issue was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Pretty good. It's, it's, it's – with that, it's hard to say how much did, did James Robinson set up and leave? You know, did he leave any notes behind or, you know, did – I'm sure he's, he must have talked to editorial. You know, and, you know, we don't know how far – Things he had, you know, planned out, mm. and so, and then with a uh, Batwoman, does the first issue come out yet? No, no. Okay, it will be issue twenty-five, yeah, which will so, be a zero year. So that that's not a really good judge to see what's gonna, um, yeah. how, how hard a series is gonna go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'll have something to say about that. I'm I sure mean, I will. you you, I mean, you're you're probably like the biggest Batwoman fan I know. I mean, I I really like the character in both. Fantastic. <laughs> um, I don't talk to. I don't know many people. Really. I mean, well, I mean, but that's the thing is, a lot of that is due to this, the new Fifty Two run, because I actually didn't read Elegy until this came along, and then that really got me interested in the character because I just felt like she was completely misused in the pages of Fifty Two. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was when she first debuted, I, I, I liked the look, and I mm-hmm. thought this, okay, this is a really fascinating character. Um, her, her sexual preference, whatever, you know, okay, that, that's another aspect sure. that makes her difference. Like, okay, cool. So, I mean, I've always really liked the character, but, like, in 52, she was introduced, and then it's like, where'd she go? And it's like, nothing. It's like, why aren't they using this character? So, yeah. I'm really intrigued to see what they will do with, with, with her. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, Mark Andreco, I mean, he's a good writer. Mm-hmm. So, I, I get the, the, the point saying, it's like, well, I'm not going to – I don't want to support this book. But that's not fair to, to Andreco. And it's, it's kind of not fair to yourself if you're a fan of, of that because – yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, if, people should make a stand. You know, if if you don't like a book, then yeah, you should drop it. Yeah, and you know, speak with your your dollars rather than posting online somewhere where no, maybe the people in charge will you know never see it. Right. But at the same time, what if it's better? Yeah, maybe not. But you never know. I mean, but I mean the the. I guess he's more taking a stand against the internal politics more than he is against the creative teams. Yeah, but it's just at the same time, it's like it's it's hard to say, you know, where, where that's going to go. And I don't know. I I mean, I don't know what the answer is. But, um, you know, we're we're in kind of an enviable position because we can almost do both. Like, if the book is better or as good, then certainly if I write the review, that will be reflected in. I'm not going to mark the book down because of the internal politics because. I and I think I speak for us when we say we try to judge these books as objectively as we can. Obviously, it all comes down to personal taste, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm not going to give a book one star just because. Well, you threw J.H. Williams and Hayden Blackman off the book, so one star. 
even yeah. though the book is amazing and still really great. But see, and that's the thing is they they weren't thrown off the book. They they yes, left the book. They left the book to, uh, to be and, fair. And they well. said is it because of editorial whatever. Which, yes. Okay. That that's fine. But you know. But then I might not. You know, I still might not respond with my buying dollar. Although. Yeah. I own a store, so that's a whole other thing. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and obviously, I mean, we will have the book on the shelf. So, like for me, you know, I. I made a, the announcement that it's like I'm I'm not going to read Catwoman anymore because you know I just I don't like what's happening with the character. Yeah. And at the same time, like let's say worst case, you know, for, at least for me, you know, Scott Snyder leaves Batman. Sure. And you know, it's not like I, I'm going to say, well, I'm not going to read Batman anymore. You know, I I would see who, who's writing it, and and I'll admit, I mean, it, it's it's a little different because you know I don't read all the Batman books. I'm buying them. Mm. Because you kind of have to, at least in, in our situation, you know, you have to. But if Scott left, whether it was by choice or not by choice, and then someone else came on, it's, I, I couldn't see saying, well, I'm not going to read Batman ever again. You right. Because, you know, you, you really like the character. But it's also different when we work in the industry. Yeah. But it if, if they brought someone else in and it wasn't what I wanted, then, yeah, I would say, okay, I'm not going to read anymore. But I would at least check it out to see. It's a complex problem. I mean, it really is a complex issue. At least I feel. <laughs> um, I mean, if, if because we could, it, like, because you know, ed- editorial do things like rewrites, and they don't. You know, the one person's name is still on it, even if they didn't write the issue. So it, it gets really complex and kind of muddy. So I can I can definitely see both sides of this of this issue where you do you want to send editorial a message by saying like you know your practices. I, I don't agree with, so I'm not going to buy the book. But at the same time, if the book is still good, you want to reward you want to reward those creators for still doing a good job. So I mean, there like, is it's definitely a complex issue. Like Green Lantern, Green yeah. Lantern Corps. You know, we don't we don't know the full details of you know why Fielkov left. Yeah, um, Van Jensen, Robert Venditti, they're doing a good job. They're doing Char- a phenomenal Charles job. Charles Soule's doing a really good job with Red Lantern. Yeah, I would have loved. To see what Fielkov would have done with mm-hmm. those two books and tying them together and all that, but and you know that was the thing that I was like, my bar is set pretty high for this. Y'all made it over. Like I've been loving where, what they've been doing with those. Like Red Lanterns is more readable now than it was before. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know I, I think it's clear. I mean I love Fielkov. I mean he's he's mm-hmm. a great guy, and, he's and I a, love he's, him on Cataclysm. He's a a great writer, and like the Bunker, which um, Oni Press is now going to be publish or printing, doing okay. print copies. Because it's been digital. I mean, that that's a great book too. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I kept reading Green Lantern Corps, and it's interesting. And there's there's a whole controversy, like what exactly was supposed to happen. Because you know, Fielkov, he just said, "I'm leaving the book." Whatever. You know, he didn't go into. It. There's rumors as to why yes. he never commented on those rumors. Remember, those are those were always rumors. Yeah. So I whether a lot of people lost sight of that, if it's true or not. And you know if 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 DC decide to change their tune because it it doesn't seem like they're going along with with what was being speculated. Definitely but, not. They had an opportunity to, and they did not take it. So, the, I mean, the the point is the the, the stories are good, mm-hmm. and and whatever behind the scenes stuff happened, it's like it's like we you know we're supposed to be comic fans, and uh, yeah, we need to support the creators. But it's like you also – I mean you're supporting the characters and you know you can support the creators like you know if, if, if a creator got screwed over by whatever publisher, not just DC, if they, they leave, then you, know, you can still support whatever project they end up on next. Mm-hmm. But if someone else comes in, you know, if you still like the character, you shouldn't you're, – you're doing yourself a disservice at least you know, to check it out yeah. and 
and then write a review. Yeah. You know, that, that's the other thing, you know, you, if, you know, some reviews again, one review out of, you know, whatever, however many reviews get posted, you know, it may not be a huge impact, but you're, 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 you're vocal. Yeah. You're rather than just, you know, don't just go on a message board and, and I hate this, I hate this, you know, and I'm not saying that, that Derek or, you know, anyone's doing that, but you know, sometimes just write a review yourself and, and you never know who will see it. Cause there's been times I know that DC has seen our user reviews, not mm-hmm. just our reviews. So, I don't know. Yeah. Friday, Jesse, Jesse Reynolds, Friday podcast says, right. or Elwood Toast. Okay. Says, um, I've been looking at the January solicits concerning um, all new Marvel now. So, this was 12 days ago. The February solicits just went out yesterday, mm-hmm. which took forever to post. <laughs> uh, the, the thing with the solicits, so I, it took me so long to try to post these because I, I get as, you know, all these images. And they all have different, like abbreviated titles. I mean, you, you could probably see the titles if you look at the image, the URL, whatever comes up, because it copies over the, the file name. Right. But like some of them is just like, it's like, what what book is this for? And and then <laughs> you know, in in the folder, they're all alphabetical. But then the solicit information is not alphabetical, so it's just like <laughs> took so long to, to post all that. Um. Anyways, so he's saying, um, looking at January solicits concerning only Marvel now, which. Oh, what Toast thinks is ridiculous. In ah. January, Avengers World Number 1 comes out. I've been buying plain Avengers and loving it, but it looks like Avengers World will carry on the tone of that book with plain Avengers taking on a new tone. I really only want to buy one Avengers book a month. What should I do? Do you think I'm right? Look for so, Jonathan Hickman's name on the cover and go with what your gut tells you. Yeah, that – I don't know. I mean, I obviously I'm – I'm on the fence with Avengers world. It's like, do we really need another book? Um, with all these solo books getting canceled and you know, maybe they, maybe this is the way for Marvel to get their B listers out there. Cause that's kind of what they're doing with Avengers world is like, these are the ones who, you know, aren't saving the universe. This is kind of the, the B team of the Avengers, which I love the idea of. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, try that. That's a problem. It's, it's like just buying one Avengers book. Yeah. I mean, get Avengers AI. Oh, that, that's so Avengers so different, AI. and it's got the Doombot. Yes, the Doombot is the best. Um, so that's the problem when, when, like with with X Men. Like, let's say you just want to get all new X Men. Like, no, you can't. You got to get Uncanny too. Yeah. And then, you know, what about the other ones? And so, um, but yeah, I, I I think what you're gonna have to try to do, you know, if so, Elwotos, if you just want to buy one, you're gonna have to check them out in January. So maybe you know, still get the issue of Avengers still get Avengers world read. I mean, you could try to flip through it at the comic store, but obviously comic store <laughs> people don't want you doing that. It's not a library. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think you, you should see if you can, you know, and if, if I understand if you're, if people are in a, like a tight comic budget, it's like I only have X amount of dollars I right. can spend this week, whatever. See if you can scrape together an extra four bucks or whatever it costs, check it out. And I, I would say, you know, even if you have the chance to flip through it at the store, if the, if your store owner is okay with that, I think it might be better to really, you know, take the time to let it to digest it, read the whole thing to see if if that tone works for you, and then you know make make your decision there, or you know, I'll or maybe you, wait and see what the reviews are. I'll tell you one way to make it more okay to read in the store is to just buy anything, just like buy the books that you're gonna buy, and then look at the books that you're interested in. That's because at least then you're not you know just leafing through five books and then leaving, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if like you buy two books, then I, I can't see many owners 
than caring if you like read five or six books and wound up buying two of them because that's fine. Yeah, but, but I mean, at the same time, it's like you shouldn't. I, I mean, I, I don't think people should be flipping through books mm-hmm. in a store because they shouldn't be handling the books. You know, if, yes if, if, no. if, if someone else is going to buy that book, they want it to be most likely in the best condition possible. Yeah. They don't, the idea of someone else flipping through their, reading their comic. I kind of feel like, though, if you're that concerned about the condition of it, then just get a subscription box with that store. Yeah. Because uh, then, then you only have one person handling your books. <laughs> well, whoever packed it. Right. Well, yeah. Because, of course, Diamond that. Diamond oh, packs them don't even wonderfully. Get me <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll put one comic in a box. <laughs> yeah. One comic folded in half mm. <laughs> in a box. Um, <sighs> yeah. So, um, or, you know, maybe check the reviews, go to the comics, although I guess you have to worry about it selling out. Yeah. But, you know, see if you, if you wait till the weekend. Box. Um. Uh, let's see. This is from the hood oh my. on comic find. This is Andrew. All right. Um, while working today, I had an idea. It might be great. It might be terrible. Like your opinions on it. So currently Marvel has a TV rights for Spider-Man. This means that they should be able to make a Spider-Man show set in the cinematic universe or include him in agents of shield. This already, I'm like, uh, it just sounds so like tricky, like sticky. <laughs> The lawyers are like probably listening and like what? Right. This could be a bad thing because he would be unable to appear in any of the movies. However, if Marvel ever gets the film rights to Spider Man, they would already have an established Spider Man and wouldn't have to make another origin movie. What do you think? I don't. I, it's not going to happen. Yeah, Spider Man's a bit too flashy for TV. I think like just budgetary reasons, if nothing else. And yeah, Fox is it that owns. No, it's Sony. No, it's Sony. Yeah. Sony wouldn't let that just happen. Like, even if Marvel owns the TV rights, Sony wouldn't just let the Because, like, you could say that they're damaging the brand. They're creating brand confusion. They're... I was surprised that they sold the rights back. Yeah. You know, I mean, wh- they whether... knew that they wouldn't do anything with it. Yeah. Because, I mean, I believe that's part of the reason why Spectacular Spider-Man didn't continue. Right. Because it was... Sony put that out. So it was, it was the right, you know, matter of the rights. Um. Yeah, it just it just sounds really sticky to try yeah. to do that. Um, as far I mean, you've as you've already got the whole Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver appearing now in two completely separate movies. Yeah, and I I don't see Sony giving the rights back the movie rights. No, because as we saw with Daredevil, I mean the way, and I'm assuming Sony has the same um, deal that Fox does. It's they have to make movies within a certain number, you know, certain time period. Mm-hmm. If if they fail to do so. The rights revert, so that's what happened to Daredevil. They're, you know, they're trying to get it to happen. They're scrambling. Didn't happen. They lost the rights. Now they're back. Because I believe there's also a way that they could lose the rights if they put out like a crap product. Because there's a reason why they didn't just shove a Daredevil movie into theaters. Yeah. Because if you're if you can be demonstrated to be damaging the brand, then you can also still lose the rights. That's actually what happened with Star Trek. Uh, I think in Viacom owned the rights, and they were just putting out all this mediocre product and someone was able to like, I think successfully sue them by basically saying like, you're making this worth less. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm. And you know, Fox is working, you know, they're going to keep making X-Men movies. Oh yeah. You know, that, oh yeah. Fox ain't stopping anytime soon. And you know, they're, they're going to be doing fantastic four. So they don't want to. I mean, I don't know. At some point, does Disney just roll in there and be like, "Here is a check. I've put a one at the front. Add zeros until it's okay." But the, the weird thing about about with Disney and Marvel Studios, it's like you you still see Paramount's name mm-hmm. attached to the movies. Do you? 
Um, there was recently, or at least somewhere, because um, huh. there's something that happened after that. I don't know if it, I think Avengers. It was still like associated with Paramount. Weird. And you know, because I don't think they were distributing it because you know it's, it's all Disney. Right. Disney doesn't exactly need a distribution network. <laughs> yeah, and you know now that they have specific you know Marvel Studios. Yeah. So, but yeah. Ugh, legalese. I mean, it it that, that like the other thing is like you know Spider Man. I don't think can be at Disneyland because he's at Universal. Yeah. At Orlando or whatever the, the Universal's place studios. Do they have the theme park rights for Spider Man? There were because um, when when the Disney deal was first announced, they they mentioned like several characters you know were were under were in Florida. Yeah. Know, at Universal. So, but also it was like. Um, I think Universal had the rights to Hulk, and then they lost. I don't know if they lost that or because that that seemed like there wasn't that much of a. Difference. I kind of feel like after the Ang Lee movie, which I actually didn't hate, uh, the the well was poisoned enough that they probably just wanted to sell off the product. Because uh, they did the the second Incredible Hulk was yeah. the second one, yeah. And you know that one wasn't wasn't horrible. No, and, not and, bad at all. But that one even kind of has ties. I mean, obviously because you know Robert Downey Jr. showed up, and, right? And so and now now Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I I always thought that they were going to do like a small, like Spider-Man Smallville, like, you know, mm. high school drama, you know, trying to deal with that. What would they call it? The New York Queens? Midtown High? Yeah. Or PS? Mid, I don't know. High school, high school. Um, this is from Ryan Kale. Very, very um, good for you. Can you all please discuss the pros and cons along with your personal opinions of what I'll call the Marvel-type universe versus the DC-type universe? What I mean by that is, at Marvel, every event is in continuity with a sliding timescale as opposed to DC, where there are several discrete versions of the characters that fit the times that may or may not affect the current ones. In practical terms, this to me, as a relatively new reader, means either about 100 trades or 10. I, I, don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with uh, um, yeah. with the Marvel, like the whole thing with like Captain America and Rick Remender's Captain America, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, when, when Marvel now started and the Captain America goes in dimension Z, then he's in uncanny Avengers and Avengers. And it's like, you know, where does this fit in? Yeah. And we just, it's like, don't worry about it. Yeah. And, and then, you know, it's, it's, it's a little clear. Because you know we, we saw saw him out, so mm-hmm. I'm assuming Uncanny Avengers happened after he has mentioned it. He has 12. mentioned the events of yeah. It was like issue eight, or yeah. Nine? Like there have been, there have been references to Dimension Z in the Uncanny yeah. Avengers storyline. Yeah, um, and then like Avengers versus X Men. If we went, you know, <laughs> that just kind of happened, and it did. And the thing is, like even Infinity now, you know, there are the tie in issues, but it's not tying into all of them. Yeah. So also the thing about uh, Marvel that I've found, and this is actually something we've done with new readers in the store who want to get back into Marvel is you can just kind of jump from one event to the next. Mm -hmm. They do a good enough job with kind of setting up who's who and what's what that you can just kind of go like start with Avengers disassembled, which pretty much began sort of this age of Marvel and then just jump to house of M and then jump from house of M to civil war. You jump from civil war to what dark rain. No secret invasion. Then to Dark Reign, then Siege. Messiah Complex, if you're interested in what the X-Men are up to this whole time. And you're kind of good. 
you're kind of good to get right into AVX because the, the events lead really surprisingly organically from one to the next. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of see which characters you start to get attached to in these events and maybe go explore their books. But that then, is the best way I've found to get into Marvel books, whereas DC's events are kind of discreet and isolated. Like, you know, we've had, God, how many crossovers since the New 52 started? We've had, I think, 14 crossovers, and that's well, not even an exaggeration. But most of them <laughs> have been, like, you know, Green Lanterns has had his, his their own. Right. Which is fine, you know, and then Batman. But then it's like, what if I'm not interested in Green Lantern, but then I still want to get into, like, where would you start if someone was like, I want to get into DC? How would you start them off? Because there hasn't really been like a big company-wide event until Trinity War. Yeah. So, I mean, the, well, that, that's kind of a good thing in a way is it you is, don't – It's you both don't, a good thing and a bad thing. You don't thing. have to worry about all those. So, like, you know, if you just want to read Batman, you know, Night of the Owls, you know, Court of Owls and, yeah. and Death of the Family. And if you just want to read Green Lantern, you can just worry about those. And Yeah. But like, it's like the other thing with, with Marvel – you know, we we saw like Reed Richards with an Illuminati mm. and all that, and New Avengers, which they addressed. <laughs> but then, you know, he's also off. You know, in his own title, he's in a different time period. They know? they mentioned that I remember one time. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, it's I, I I it's just it's it can be a mess either way. Mm-hmm. And but the the they, fact is, they both do have pros and cons. Yeah, <laughs> people like the events. And yeah. as much as everyone complains about them, <laughs> they sell. They sell. People are buying them, and they're going to keep doing them. So I guess yeah, Marvel kind of is more universe focused, and DC is more character focused. So it seems way. like if if you're on a budget, DC is easier mm-hmm. because you know, except for Forever Evil, which even that, you know, you look at like Superman titles or you know Batman, you know, it's, it's well at least I mean maybe maybe that's a little different because they haven't hit yet. You know, we're not we're not seeing. The full-fledged interactions yeah you know kyle higgins said that um i think issue 29 is the last issue before the the impact of forever evil hits right so um you just yeah you don't have to worry about the other ones so much versus with marvel they are almost like universe-wide yeah but even though like you have age of ultron that really didn't crossover you know you had the au books yeah but it, it kind of didn't cross they were over all kind of one shots yeah so that was kind of weird is like here's this this big event dealing with all these characters and at the same time it's like i mean the au book for fantastic four didn't fit with the timeline because nope. they were like with julius caesar the, like the month before yeah and then we see sue storm running around so you know it's like it, it didn't even fit there so it, it's, it's just it's weird where it deals with all these characters but then it, it kind of ignores it really is what about what you're looking for and there really are it, it, you can't just kind of speak universally to like this is the best way to do it this is the inferior way to do it yes yeah, so there are pros and cons to both and that's where we just can't get that hung up on continuity mm-hmm. it's like it'd be nice if there was perfect continuity it's not going to happen it's never going to happen you just mean, just you need you know you need to go back to the time and you, they, you know they still screwed up continuity when like stan lee was writing almost everything mm-hmm. they still screwed up continuity because you can't just keep all that stuff straight, even between from one person or now, you know, the 15 or 20 who are currently writing. Um, Daniel Carroll says, for whatever reason, comic companies rarely make a big deal about character anniversaries. I mean, I keep up with the majority of comic related news and events. Yeah. I don't recall anything being said about Iron Man or X-Men's 50th anniversaries this year. Sure. They are. Well, they're, I mean, they're doing it now. Like X-Men gold just came out and they're doing all the variant covers. Yeah. Um, Next year, Hawkeye, Black Widow, and Daredevil are all having their 50th anniversary. So my question to you guys, 
What would you do, if anything, to commemorate, commemorate their milestones? I mean, usually they do a giant-sized issue. That's... Yeah. You know. Um, well, like, uh, I mean, they made a big deal about Superman. Of course. And there's some really cool hardcovers. I think come out next week or the week after. There's a Superman, 75 years of Superman, 75 years of Lois Lane. So, um, but yeah, like, like when I remember, you know, yeah, like maybe release a giant sized prestige book and kind of just maybe a giant sized issue. Cause like, like Aquaman and green arrow, I, I forget if it was like their 70th anniversary. It's like nothing was said about that. Hmm. And they, I think they both debuted in the same issue, which is weird. That is weird. <laughs> not, not together like separate stories. So I, at the same time, I, I don't know really what, what you can do. Because uh, I don't want some big event that's gonna necessarily, you know, interrupt the story or just feel forced, and right. and you you don't want to have to buy extra books or like here's a special supersized issue that you're gonna feel compelled to buy. Right. But at the same time, it's like yeah, there should be some acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. And um to celebrate daredevil they're they're canceling daredevil hooray february is the last issue and then it's me so sad then it's gonna be digital which i i I, mark wade's still writing it yeah he's i think he's doing a digital one okay Uh, i I can't see there not being a printed daredevil comic ah, it seems weird to me that this daredevil hasn't been selling well enough and you know i don't see i don't even know if that's the issue i'm not not sure what just the i shouldn't make assumptions and also um just because the series ending, you know, and then all you all new Marvel now, I mean, they're they're relaunching everything, yeah. And because people are buying issue number ones, people like Corey who don't like issue fives, they feel that's like issue fifty. It's you know five and fifty. They may as well be the same issue. Hmm. Issue should never go above two. Yes. You have a Logan's Run style. If an issue gets to thirty six, it is immediately terminated. So I mean, I think that is what Daredevil is getting up to. I mean, it's it's looking like that's what Marvel is starting to do now. It's like each year they're relaunching the books, and as as long as it makes them really complicated to shelve when they come out in trade. <laughs> yeah, as long as as the stories carry over somewhat, I understand making it accessible to new readers because you never you know any time a new reader can come in a store and look for a book. But as long as they don't just ignore what happened before, like when. Matt Fraction took over Fantastic Four. You know, he acknowledged in in a way everything that Hickman did mm-hmm. totally went off in a new direction without saying none of that mattered or was yeah. important. So, I mean, that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. And James Robinson is going to be taking over Fantastic Four. Sounds like he's going to beat the crap out of the team and tear <laughs> them apart. And but you know, I'm sure he's not going to just ignore everything. So. Yeah. So whatever. I mean, as as long as we still get great stories and exactly some kind of ex- some acknowledgement. You know the number is not that that big of a deal. It'd be nice to have those big numbers to, to you know celebrate the history or longevity of the series, but yeah, as long as we're still getting the stories. Um, Brent Clark says a few questions. Um, like me, you know, you're a fan of Ben Riley. I'm assuming that means in general you enjoyed the Clone Saga, <laughs> probably the most controversial Spidey story ever. I'm curious as well, to, I would say, Brand New Day has eclipsed it at yeah. this point. <laughs> I'm one curious as to your thoughts on One More Day, brand new day storylines, another incredibly controversial Spidey story. I think that they have certainly eclipsed the controversy of the Clone Saga. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, and I'm a huge Mary Jane fan. Sure. Um, the, the whole, I've heard that about you. 
edit, editing the or editing editing the marriage. Yeah, well, <laughs> like that. I certainly did. I, I I think it was unnecessary and it was ridiculous. But at the same time, those first brand new day stories, those were really good. Mm-hmm. And you know when when they had the rotating writers, you know, doing it was three times a month. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed them, even though I was I was ticked off that they just ended the marriage and everything, and you know the potential of. You know, I, again, Parker. for me, it was the way that they ended it. Yeah, it was with like we wished it away. Like that was. There so were, there are better ways. I guess I just didn't really focus. It's like okay, yeah, I don't agree with this. It's over and done with. And yeah, I can't sit here and complain. You know, it's not going to change anything. Yeah. But then looking forward, it's like okay, I can get into this. And I mean, it also bothered me like the sort of stuff that got caught up in the collateral of the marriage ending, like the whole like oh, your his identity is no longer public. Like that was one of the biggest things that happened in civil war Mm -hmm. so well i didn't i didn't like that idea either well (laughs) but for them to just for mephisto like he threw it in as like a well if you end your marriage in the next it wasn't mephisto it was dr strange and tony stark that's what they had to retcon it as which is like wait what now because it was actually mephisto and that was how he did it he did it by making this other event happen because that was how he ended the marriage was he had spider-man not show up for the wedding because he was too busy getting the you know his butt kicked Mm -hmm. by someone yeah and mary jean's like you know i've had enough which i actually liked i liked her whole like i can't watch you kill yourself because of this martyr complex to a man who I don't think would want to see you like this. And I actually loved that psychology. I thought that was one of the most amazing things ever written. I just hated how we got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, have there been any storylines for any characters more controversial than clone saga and one more day, brand new day identity crisis was pretty controversial in its day. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything. Would you say death and return of Superman? Was that like controversial? Nah. I mean, I, I I guess I don't, I don't know. I mean, I remember when when that happened, everything, and I remember hearing, you know, the rumblings that that DC was ready to cancel the books, the yeah. series, because they weren't selling or whatever. And but you know, this, we still had stories, and I, I think there was still the glimpse, you know, like Superman talking to Jonathan Kent when he had his heart attack, and so it's like, okay, he's probably going to come back. You know, something's going to happen. So, right. um, and then we, you know, we had Reign of Superman that kept us preoccupied sure it's like okay what the heck is going on you know and the whole thing is like could one of these really be superman it's like no it can't be and, <laughs> i like the guy with the bret hart sunglasses yeah um what are your thoughts on silent or nuff said issues i like them when they're done well you know um he says personally i always feel like i didn't get my money's worth with them i i, I think it depends on execution sure I mean, and you have to know what you're getting into yeah um because like like when they did enough said issues, they included the scripts, and I think most of them, if not all. So you can see that it's not like the writer saying, "Yay, I don't get to do anything." Yeah, the writer and, doesn't get a day off because <laughs> they they maybe have to actually work harder to express to the artists that this is what I need you to convey. You know, you need to make sure the story flows and all all that. And yeah, you could you could potentially zip through it a lot faster, but you'd want to take your time and go through that. Yeah, notice the background details. Because um, like uh, Mind the Gap, they, there was an issue where you know there was some silent stuff, but it's like with that, Mind the Gap is like this huge mystery of you know what's going on. So you had to look at each panel, each page, and make sure you know you're not missing anything. Yeah. So um, some of those, some of the enough said issues were good. Some like, eh. but then it all goes back to J. Joe Twenty One. The, I think that was the, that was the first one I remember. It was um, the, the first encounter with uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, mm. where you see it's like they got the 
the tattoo and that there's some connection between them. Right. Um, cause storm shadow had kidnapped Scarlet. And so snake eyes had to go and, and the whole thing is, you know, snake eyes can't talk. And right. so that was a great issue and, you know, no dialogue. And it's just, it's a letters are like, dang it. Yeah, exactly. I don't have a job this month. So, um, but Going yeah, Cabo. Um, I, I don't, it's, as long as it's not used often, yeah. I mean, it should be super rare occasions. Yeah, I can't remember the last time one actually was used. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, question from Joe. Uh, my question involves spoilers from recent Battle of the Atom. So mm-hmm. I think it's safe to talk about that now. Sure. Um, I was wondering if you guys had noticed the parallels between Ultimate Marvel Universe and the main one. Just recently, um, the antagonist Jean Grey and sometime last year, both Peter Parker's died in both universe. I just thought it seemed like an odd coincidence. Um, I, Wait, when did Peter Parker... Both, both Peter Parker's died in both universes. When did that happen? He died in the other, which... That's not was, in the last few years. Oh, wait, years. no. Peter Parker's dead now. Oh, I guess so, yeah. Okay. He's, yeah. Fair that, enough. That's, not, not. Um, that's, a, that's a very different death. <laughs> yeah. Um, parallels between... The t- I mean, there... I, I don't know. I don't think there's that many parallels. No, because you've still got you still got villainous Reed Richards in, yeah, in the I Ultimate mean, Universe. The Ultimate Universe is so in a different direction now. They actually did a great job of highlighting that in the cataclysm prelude. Like when, when vision in the ultimate universe was, was scanning Galactus and kind of got an impression of his universe from, from what she saw. And I, I really liked that actually, because it really laid out like in their universe, their, you know, their Avengers are champions of the people and examples of what they can aspire to be. And in our universe, they're broken, troubled, soldiers and they're far less powerful and in their and their universe mutants are rising up and becoming their own people in our universe they're you know struggling to exist on these reservation that we slapped them on it's it was this really interesting like can we handle galactus this creature that this universe that was so much stronger and more unified barely fought off like what hope have we <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, second question is why doesn't Batman build his own prison or at least borrow the Phantom Zone from Superman? I feel as though he has too much faith in the broken system of the comic book universes where everyone is either acquitted or escapes normal imprisonment, and that would be more pragmatic approach to his crime fighting. I think uh if he did that, that would be really overstepping his bounds. I mean he's yeah. he's a vigilante, he's already breaking the laws. But then, you know, he, he wants i think he at, at some level he wants to believe in a justice system mm-hmm. um you know he he works with the police department with gordon and for him to do that then he's basically being judge jury and you know maybe executioner where he's saying send them to the judge dread universe where they can be executed yeah he's saying okay i'm going to capture you and i'm going to sentence you to however many years in this right. prison I built. It gets to be like a little bit, you know, like a Guantanamo style, like, you know, does he hold a secret trial? Does he hold, you know, does he tell people where this prison is or is it a secret prison? And like the Phantom Zone doesn't seem like it's the safest place. It's like you wouldn't want to go there if you have like General Zod or Doomsday running around, you know, is is there anywhere to hide? Is I don't it, think anyone can hurt themselves or each other in the I Phantom Zone. Isn't that the thing? Like Maybe, they're all intangible. But they can use their words, Corey. Sometimes words, words hurt. hurt more. It's true. I actually wouldn't like to see, you know, I don't think that would be a very good idea for like start talking to each other. 
I don't think that would. I don't think anything good would come of that. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it would suck for Batman's like it's like ah dang it the Joker's out again. Yeah. Gotta go. Gotta put my boots on and go get him. What again? Yeah. So I don't know. Um. Wait, what I just do? Here's another question from Brent. We're almost caught up with the emails. Robert Kirksman, Ooh. Invincible, and Walking Dead both had an artist at the beginning of the book, mm-hmm. Walker and Moore, respectively, who was only on the title somewhere in the neighborhood of six to ten issues. Then the artist changed to Otley and Adlard. In both cases, that new artist is still on the book. Yes. So each has done 90 to 100 plus issues of their title which in this day of ever-changing teams is absolutely incredible. It is. I just reread each series in their entirety and thought it would be kind of cool if the current art teams could redo those earlier issues based off the original scripts. Would you have any interest in that? I would have some interest in it. Uh, Penny Arcade, the online comic, actually just did a thing where they celebrated their 15-year anniversary by having one of the things they did was they had Gabe, the artist, redraw the very, very first issue. And it's it's mind blowing because they also had a link to the first issue, like how much his style has changed over the fifteen years. And you actually, when you go back and read both Adlard and Otley when they first started out, their styles were very different. Uh-huh. Like Otley's got much more deep shadows now, much more, much his his characters are much more like sort of over the top bombastic, and Adlard has gotten a lot more detail oriented. So, yeah, I, I would like to actually see. I I would pay for that. I would pay to see them go and redraw those original issues. Yeah, it'd be also weird. It's like, you know, how much would they charge them for this? Because it's yeah. like, you know, you want to, you know, rebuy these issues again where you know exactly what's going to happen because it's going to be the same exact script and everything. Right. And, you know, they're going to have, I guess the prices, at least with image, are pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't changed that much. Um, I think, yeah, maybe you knock a buck off of it. Just charge one ninety nine or something. But then, but to get these artists to do it, it's like, oh, you know, how are they, they can't do two books a month unless they're, you know, doing it little by little. That's true. Uh, it'd just be, I don't know. It, it would be, it'd be interesting. I think the logistics on it would be probably more difficult, but I, I would, I would be interested in seeing that. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. And, and he said, um, has something like that ever been done in comics? Ultimate Spider-Man had an incredibly long run with Bendis and back. Oh, do you mean the, where they re- re- redid an issue? I can't think of anything. I, I would think not so directly. Like they've referenced past issues in in modern issues, and obviously they've had to redraw it there. But I don't think they've yeah they've done the flashbacks and yeah. recreate scenes. And I don't think they've entirely like just recreated the issues wholesale though. Yeah. Um, Matthew Lynn, Vagrant Saint. Rep. Yeah. Um, says. How many Infinity, Infinity Gems do you think Marvel will, will reveal in the cinematic universe before they confront Thanos? Uh, I don't, I, they could do one. They could do five. <laughs> I don't really know if there's a reason to – yeah, like whatever they – I don't know. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask you a question, but I guess I shouldn't. Oh, come on. I don't want to spoil. Do it. Since you haven't seen Thor. Tony Guerrero, ask your question. Well, what's what's the deal with the Tesseract? The, so the Cosmic It's cube. the Cosmic Cube. Yeah, it's a Cosmic Cube. It's a source of limitless power. But it's not considered 
an infinity gem in the cinematic universe. No. It's just... The was it an infinity gem in the... No, it okay. wasn't. Um, I mean, Thanos got the cosmic cube, got a hold of the cosmic cube before he got a hold of the infinity gauntlet, so they could just be doing that storyline. Yeah. Because um, Vagrant Saint says, do you think we'll see something in the upcoming Captain America, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Avengers movies? Um, I think we'd be more likely to see it in Guardians of the Galaxy if we were going to see it anywhere. Like, so there is a, a rumor, and this could be a potential spoiler if it's true, um, that I, I I think Thanos wasn't, and again, this is pure speculation, that Thanos wasn't going to be the big bad guy in Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. but sort of like behind the scenes, and, and he gets Ronin to say, hey, go do this. Right. And then, you know, to save Thanos for something down the line. And I don't know, would that be Avengers three or, you know, cause I, I, I do like the idea of Thanos not being Avengers two. Yeah. Cause I, he's too big and they, you know, Avengers two. Take your time. Tease it out. Yeah, let's, let's do something. You know, we don't, we don't need aliens again. Yeah. And that, that was kind of, um, one critique on Thor two, where it's kind of like the same thing again. Right. Except, you know, Dark Elves. Well, Dark Elves instead of Jotunheim. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, it, it's just, it would be weird if, if that's how they're going to try to tie it all together with, you know, Thanos Infinity Gauntlet and all that. Because that, that just seems too, what's the word I'm looking for? Too ambitious. Mm-hmm. Let's try to do this. And- I think Thanos, I think, yeah, if we saw like Thanos kind of working in the background of other movies, I think that would be a better lead up to than having him in like as the main villain. Like if even if, even if it was just like the, the stinger at the end, like if it was just five minutes of Thanos just looking for the infinity gems or the Tesseract across multiple movies, I think that would be an interesting build up. Yeah. As opposed to like, yeah, having him star in his own movie already, or like having him be the villain of the movie already. Yeah. So it, it just seems weird. It's like how, how, you know, I, I just, I just, I, it just seems like it'd be too much to, to try to try to get into. So, uh, let's see. All right. So let's do a few message board questions. Woo. Wasari says, hey guys, hope everything is going good. I have another question about American Vampire, even though Vertigo delayed it once again to spring 2014. Um, I actually have two questions. Why do you think that Skinner Sweet transformed Pearl into a vampire? Are you caught up? Have you been reading? I, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not entirely caught up. I think I'm in volume three. So. So, so in the beginning, the first arc, he turns Pearl into a vampire. Yes. Um, I guess that is a good question. I, mean, I, 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 I kind of thought about it, but not really. You know, I mean, for is for fun an answer? Like he seems, he doesn't seem like he's got exactly a plan. Yeah, so it's it's almost like I don't know if he necessarily intended it for it to happen because you know he was this quote unquote American vampire. You right. know, he's this new breed of vampires, and it just seemed like it kind of happened. And then he's just like, okay, and um, yeah, I don't know if there's any other deep motive i guess i've I've never really thought too much about that like why yeah it it seemed a little weird he seems like the kind of guy who just does stuff because it makes him happy it gives him a laugh and maybe it'd be like like oh let's 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 see what happens yeah even though you know could cause problems for him down down the line i don't think he's thinking that far ahead (laughs) well i I think he kind of likes the challenge where you know he he doesn't he doesn't try to make things easy he doesn't shy away from 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 that so 
Uh, number two, do you think he loves her? <laughs> I, I don't think I'm far enough in to, to make that judgment. But I don't know if he's capable. I, I yeah. think it's more of like, like just this could be interesting to have someone else running around rather than try to do away with her, you know, if there's any conflict or anything. Right. Um, Wasari says, I ask this because I'm almost dead certain that he is in love with her. Mm. Also, how do you feel? I shouldn't read that next question. All right, then. Um, except for Wasari, if you're listening, you better be listening. Um, I think it could be interesting if this last question is, is the case, but we'll have to wait <laughs> and see. Um, yeah, never know. All right. Nart, or Nart, artistic, artistic Needham <laughs> says, and he's include this little image here. Um, says, do comic book henchmen aspire to being big supervillains the same way real life backup singers aspire to be big solo stars, like how Cheryl Crow sang backup and is now a big star? Uh-huh. I think some of them do. Cheryl Crow sang backup for Don Henley. I saw Don Henley in concert. I don't know if she was one of the backup singers. I, me- I vaguely remember the stage set up in that he had three backup singers. I don't know if she was, she might have been. Huh. And I, so I may have seen her in concert. There you go. Not, not known it. Um, do the Riddler's henchmen or any super criminals want to one day be a crime boss like the Riddler or Two-Face? I, I feel like I, I wrote about this before. I feel like it varies from person to person, just like in real life. You know, sometimes you get, especially working in an office or something, you see some people are happy being mid, like middle management. Yeah, they don't, want, they don't want to be in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a lot you, of responsibility. You would like the, the bigger paycheck, but yeah, there's more responsibilities. Money's and not everything, especially if, you know. If you're easy, comfortable, less stress. Yeah, exactly. You so, know, you get to take vacation whenever you feel like it, as opposed to like, oh, well, you can't take your vacation then. This is going on. Yeah. <laughs> but at, at the same time, I mean, if, if you're not the boss, then you, you are bound by. Sure, you're beholden to someone else. Like, you can't take vacation then. Right. Um, We've got crunch time. I, I just think a lot of them, and maybe it's because they don't have a college degree or a high school diploma. Sure. Or high school, you know, they don't have any. That, 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 that's all, all, all they can do where, you know, it's, it's just, it's easy money. And I don't think some of them aspire to do anything because yeah, a lot of them might not have the brains for planning. I don't think, and, and by setting yourself up as a crime boss or something bigger, you're putting a target on your, on your, 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 your back Yeah. versus working, you know, being a henchman or underling, you know, you can collect your paycheck, take part and you may have more risks, but you can kind of blend in with the others. Yeah. So. I, th- I think that that's the case, and I, but at the same time, it's like I don't think you want to be like Two Face's henchmen or Joker's <laughs> henchmen. I mean, some of them there's there's more risk. Yeah, I think I've brought this up before, but there was a great uh, a great Hero Clicks, which is a miniature superhero game, where uh, they have like their powers are on both the dial that you turn and these cards, and sometimes they'll give even ordinary powers like a name on the card to kind of justify like here's. Why, like, Nick Fury would have the psychic blast ability because they're actually using it to represent armor-piercing rounds. Um, and one of them was for a henchman, and all of it was like, all of the powers were, like, pieces of advice that you'd have. Like, never handle Joker gas without gloves was, like, poison. Uh, when Two-Face flips his coin, duck was, like, super senses. Uh you know, stay away from Penguin's umbrella was, you know, so it was all this, like, it was almost like they had a handbook for like, if you're going to work for this guy, here's what you need to know. If you're going to work for this guy, here's what you need to know. Hmm. <laughs> um, Gers is not. 
says, I submitted this question before, and it was answered on an episode where Matt, Greg, and Jen filled in, and they didn't really know how to answer it. No, right. of, no offense if they are listening or filling in again. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? That would have been hilarious. If it was you guys again. But I was hoping to get some clarification. Uh-oh. Um, I've been trying to delve deep. So this is a quote. I've been trying to delve deeper into Marvel. I read new, read new Avengers trade paperbacks 1 and 2 by Bendis, volume 2, 2010 and 2013. Spider-Man did not receive a S.H.I.E.L.D. paycheck because he did not reveal his identity to the group. I can't remember that. Mm-hmm. I just read issue one of Hickman's FF, and Johnny Storm said he would like Peter to fill in for him if something happened. Um, when Peter showed up at the Baxter building, Sue Storm addressed him as Peter. My question is, why does Fantastic Four know his identity and it's no big deal, while S.H.I.E.L.D. and Avengers do not know his identity? He re- is there a storyline you recommend? He revealed it to them. Yeah. Um he trusts them more than he trusts Shield, quite frankly. So how come you didn't answer this question before? I'm, I did. I wasn't there. Oh, Matt, Greg, and Jen. Yeah, it was Matt, yeah. Greg, and Jen. I wasn't I there for that yeah. one. Yeah. So um, he he eventually trusted them and shared because there was a storyline where this happened. I think in in Amazing Spider-Man, um, where they go to another dimension. Yeah, because in the beginning, like like when when Spider-Man went to read about the symbiote suit. And that was the whole thing is like where when they, it came off him, when they, they got it off him, he it was had to hide his identity. So Johnny Storm is like gives him an old costume with the bag. <laughs> the you incredible know. bag, man. Yeah. Um, but then at some point he's like, yeah, you know, and it, it, it kind of started with Civil War where, you know, they knew his identity. And just a relationship that Spider-Man and, and Johnny had where, you know, they gave each other a hard time, but, you sure. know, they did. They were best friends in, in a way. And then after his identity was erased, they went into this like pocket dimension and they, they had gone there before and they, the, the citizens, the denizens or whatever, built these huge giant statues. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man didn't have his mask on because he was in this weird tiny dimension. And right. It didn't matter. But then his statue didn't have a face. And then they're, then they're like, wait. We were here. We remember this. How come we can't remember who you are? Yeah. What's going on? And then he came clean, and he's like, okay. But and so now the thing with S.H.I.E.L.D., Spider-Man doesn't trust the government, which mm-hmm. you know not everyone does. And the other thing is Victoria Hand was the one handing out the paychecks, and he really yeah. didn't trust her. Considering you know, Norman Osborn's old right, right-hand woman. lady. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, you're not going to give, you know, although technically Norman Osborn already knows who Spider-Man is, so. Yeah, so leave me, leave me. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that that was, that, but yeah, so yeah. it's just he does. I don't think he wants his name in a database, basically. Yeah, because like then you know, Doctor Octopus or whoever hacks that database, and suddenly they know who Spider Man is. Yeah, so then Gersonat said they suggested continuity error. Nope. <laughs> but I feel his identity is important to maintain. So yeah, so there you go. There is your answer. That is the answer. Those knuckleheads. No, I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> Zoomifier, a while back, Jen and Matt or Greg, I forget exactly who, were talking about fantasy football. (laughs) It was Matt and Jen. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to let them know that comic book enthusiasts are not alone in loving football and playing fantasy football. I've been reading comic books for 25 years and been playing fantasy football for the last 15. Sure, it's basically a tabletop RPG. (laughs) A few years ago, the commissioner of my main league, quote-unquote, retired. I had the opportunity to start my own. Uh, my last name begins with the letter N. So, a combine so combined with one of my favorite Marvel studios, the House of N, 
Yeah. Fantasy nice. Football League was born. Nice. Throughout the years, I've had fantasy football team names and reflect my love for comics. Um, some examples would be Team of the Century with the S. <laughs> um, Professor X you out. <laughs> Spider-Man kicks your ass and has a lot to say about it. <laughs> That's not... Um, here's an image of our football team logo. Um, so this is post 7 on page 15, if you hmm. want to see it. So it's kind of like a house of M, but there's instead of the circle, it's like a football. <laughs> and then there's an N instead of an M, the same type of font, all that. So very I like clever. It. I like it. I can see how a fantasy football enthusiast hearing about this league and how it is run by a fan of comic books might mistakenly come to the conclusion that our FF league is not as serious as some, I can assure them and you that, and the world that our fantasy football league is no joke. Jen stated how she drafts a kicker in the first round. That is crazy. Seriously crazy to Jen. I'm sure you're very um, good fantasy football player, but you are consistently drafting a kicker in round one and winning. You're either selectively picking the worst fantasy football leagues on a planet, or you are long shot as in super lucky. Um, if Maybe I, she knows something you don't. If I drafted a kicker in the first round of my league, I'd have potato salad flying at my face. I might be beat up, laughed at, <laughs> and peed on. Damn. You are serious. So I wonder if it's in that order. Moving on. That's all. <laughs> Thought I'd share it. Keep up the great work. Zuma. Um, soak it in. So hope you guys are having a good day. I have a few questions for you regarding Villains Month. Which Villains Month book did you like the most? I'm trying to remember now. Mongol, I know, was uh, was one that I liked Joker's a lot. Joker's Dart. What? Um, Zod was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, Sinestro was all right. Uh, I'm trying to think. I like Quarter of Owls. Yes, Quarter of Owls was a really good one. Um, Riddler, was that a good one? Yeah, Riddler was, that, good. That was good. Riddler was real good. Um. I'm trying. I'm trying to think back to the covers, yeah, to try to remember the stories. But but yeah, Zod was Zod was surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. I I was like, man, I don't I don't need to read this. But yeah, it was really good. Um, yeah. So I guess that it. There we go. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Wasn't great. I I do remember that. Unfortunately. I'm trying to think. There's got to be. I'm sure there's more, but it's, it feels like it's so long ago. Yeah. Um, was there any villains that didn't get an issue to themselves that you felt should have gotten an issue? Um, I think uh, yeah, they, they covered the, they covered uh, their else, pretty well. Who else should have gotten? I mean, one? Clock King, of course, but he was in a uh, little Gotham's mm. last weekend. <laughs> and so was Zebra Batman. Nice. Um, yeah, I can't think of anyone that. Mr. Freeze got a book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm totally drawing a blank. Yeah. What are your thoughts about Forever Evil, Arkham War, Rogue's Rebellion, Rebellion, Argus, and Forever Evil Blight? What's Forever Evil Blight? Uh, Have I not read that? That's not out yet. That's the okay. one that they... That is the one that they announced is going to be taking place across Constantine, Justice League Dark. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Something else. And they announced this four days after the final order cutoff date. <laughs> so we couldn't like adjust the order because now these books are part of an event. That mm. was one of the most bungled, like you've got to be kidding me. Um, so, so that's how I feel about that. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we, we talked about Arkham War. Arkham War has a lot of potential, I feel like, but they're not living up to it. Rogue's Rebellion, I, I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the rogues are cool. Yeah. So, and Argus, I, I don't think I read the first issue. I like I the idea. Either. I think it makes sense that... Because at first I was like, like Argus, like really, but yeah. but yeah, if if the the heroes are quote unquote dead and there's all these villains around, then obviously the government's not just gonna say, well, we're screwed. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna try to reassemble you know, Team Seven, damn it. Yeah, see what <laughs> what they can do. So, and then for every evil blight, that that could be interesting. It could be interesting, yes, to be if, fair, but that's yeah. just the way they're handling it is not good. Yeah. All right, um, just do a couple more. Um. Tesla one. Um, first, got to say I love the podcast. Thanks. Thank I've been looking for a podcast for a while. That was for me, and this was the winner. You found us just for you. Bam! And change the title. Whammy! The, the the Tesla one podcast, Comic Vine podcast. Mm-hmm. Tesla one presents Comic Vine podcast. Tesla. Tesla with a one. Look, mm-hmm. it's, the fonts. Our fonts kind of weird. <laughs> Um, not for the question. From what I gather, this is mostly a question for Corey since right. he reads Invincible. I'm reading Invincible. Actually, I went slowly but surely. I went to, to Image on Tuesday. Ooh, I went. I dro- drove to Berkeley. Yeah, it, it was fun. So we had a, a it was a it was a, it was a meeting. Mm. So, but yeah, I saw her little storage room. I was like, serious you know, business. I was like, yeah, I'm getting hardcovers. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I'm on book five, so I'm catching up. Um, anyways, I um, let's see. Tesla just caught up with Invincible and bought Guarding the Globe Volume 2 and has been buying Invincible Universe. Excellent. Um, but he's yet to read them due to the fact that he doesn't have Guarding the Globe Volume 1. Is it safe to read what I have so far and read Volume 1 when I manage to pick it up? Yes, absolutely. After Villains Month, I've just been unable to buy anything extra. Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, yeah, you're fine. You're completely fine. Okay. Um... Ganthet Ward. I'm trying to see. Oh, I know this is way too late, but to the guy who wanted a good Huntress story. That's too late. Okay. The uh, second season of Justice League Unlimited had her and the question in a pretty major role near the end. So I highly recommend that. That was a really great. Just that whole season was great. Okay. We're going to do two more questions. Fantastic. Um, Ganthet Ward 20. I'm behind on podcasts, so it'll be a while before I hear you guys talk about it. Anyways, so we'll be just in time. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Um, this is from a month ago. I was thinking the other night about Robins. I always say that there are six: Damien, Stephanie, mm-hmm. Tim, mm-hmm. Carrie Kelly, mm-hmm. Jason, mm-hmm. and Dick. That's seven. No, that is six. Yeah. It occurred to me that there is Helena Wayne running around now in Earth Prime. So now I guess I need to count her. I know the number of Robins is something some people will dispute. So where do you guys stand on all that currently? Well, I'd say, I mean, Carrie Kelly, yeah, she was a Robin in Dark Knight Returns. Right. She's, doesn't, she's not a Robin in New 52 or pre-New 52. But then is Helena? Well, I mean, the thing with her, because she is now in New 52 and she was a Robin. So but, she, she was she's, o- but she was only a Robin in another dimension. Yeah, so as far as our Batman is concerned, she's not a Robin. Right. But she was a Robin. So, I mean, she's more of a Robin than Carrie Kelly is. But they're both, I don't know, as far as I'm concerned, those are both Robins in alternate dimensions. But we have, well, I'm saying because we have Carrie Kelly now in the New 52. This is true. So she doesn't count. Yes. And unless, yeah, we don't know. Um and then the whole thing with Stephanie, she may not be a Robin now. Yeah. Because we'll have to wait and see when she's, is she 
introduced for the first time or was she uh, somewhere else? Which if they do that, I, I, I'll understand why, I guess. But the fact that she was part of Batman Incorporated and Grant Morrison was kind of allowed to carry over his story. Right. That if, if she did that, that would just be a mess. If, if all of a sudden they're <laughs> like, oh, what's your name? Hi, my name is Stephanie Brown. Right. My dad is the Clue Master. And <laughs> so I, I, I would be fine if she was in London. Yep. With Wally. But then, and, and oh, that. but then that's another Robin. That is like one Robin a year, pretty much. Well, well, she she was she was only Robin for like two or three issues. Yeah, because and then, I mean, partly it was to to get at, at Tim when he he quit because right. his dad found out, made him quit, and then she also she messed something up really bad. Yeah, and then so, um, Batman kind of booted her, but then later he's when she was dying. When he thought she was dying, she's like, "Was I ever really Robin?" He's yeah. like, "Yes, yeah. yes, totally." So, um, yeah. So there you go. I mean, Dick, Jason, Tim, mm-hmm. Stephanie's debatable because we don't know. We'll have to see. And then Damien, yeah. And then Helena's like an honorable mention because she was in her world, but not in the real world. But right. she is in the real world, so it's she's like the weird one. And Carrie Kelly is just in Dark Knight Returns. Yep, so she doesn't count since she's so far. Yeah. Um, okay, the last one, the Cyan Lantern. All right. says, hey, guys, by the time you read this, NYCC has passed, and I hope it was a great show for everyone. My question is, what do you think of Jeff Johns leading all of DC's company-wide events? Company-wide. Well, I mean, we've only had one. Yeah, so far. Um, working, yeah, you know, I mean, working out fine. The thing, yeah, if he's a chief creative officer... Let him do it. Yeah. I mean, he's he's supposed to be on, on top of everything going on, so that that's fine. Yeah. I mean it it's it's kinda of weird. It's like do we want to give one person all the power? But that's I I'm I don't know what it's how exact, companies work. <laughs> that that's that if if he's I think that's his role. Even, but, uh, even Valve has Gabe Newell. <laughs> yeah, so um let's see. Simon Lynch says, don't get me wrong, love the guy's work, yet I feel he needs to step down from company wide events. It began with infinite crisis, then Ah, we're talking further back. Okay. Part of 52, followed by Blackest Night, Brightest Day, Flashpoint, and the most recent Trinity War. To be fair, that event was shared. All were superb. Superb. Uh However, I would like to see DC hand over their next company-wide event to someone else. You forgot Final Crisis in there, which was written by Grant Morrison. So they kind of have. (laughs) Yeah. Marvel has been in a recent rotation, Siege by Bendis, Fear Itself by Fraction. AVX was shared... Oh, God, I forgot about Fear Itself. Yeah. Wow, I completely forgot that event happened. It didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and a- AVX was shared, Infinity by Hickman. I, for one, think this enhances Marvel's books, making me prefer their events over DC. It could be argued that Trinity War may not have been total company-wide, but it was. Uh, but it surged Villains Month for the titles, so it partially counts. And true, Scott's Batman work bled into other titles, but it remains in Batman's corner. Not trying to sound like a Scott fanboy, but why not him or Jeff Lemire lead the next company-wide event? They might not want to. Again, we talked about like, what if they don't want all that, you know? Yeah, because I mean, that on their shoulders, they they have enough to do with their own. Yeah, and I mean, if they don't, it's not even about like ambition at that point. It's if you went to Scott Snyder and was like, pitch me a company-wide event for DC, and he just was like, I don't really have one. I mean, that's that's why. <laughs> American Vampire's on a hiatus, so yeah. he could do American, or so he can do the Wake and American Wake. Yeah, 
which no, that comes out next week. Um, an event that shakes the titles rather than their own corners. DC could only benefit allowing other talents to share their grand ideas. If they tap from the same well, it will eventually dry. Do you feel the same or think otherwise? Well, again, they did have Grant Morrison for Final Crisis. Yeah, that um, worked out fairly well. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I would think Jeff Johns would would if he didn't have an idea and. I imagine they have these big meetings, whatever. They're like, okay, what are we going to do 2014? What are we going to do? And if, if Jeff John says, we're going to, you know, have everyone ride tricycles. And then they'll be like, yeah, you know, maybe you always come up with the best ideas. <laughs> I for- so I, <laughs> I, I, shoes and tricycle. I, I think, especially after this long, you know, they, they have to f- figure out what could work and what will work. Yeah. And I, I don't think they're going to, you know, say it's like, no, that's not a good idea, but we're not going to say anything. We'll just let you know Jeff Johns do that. And at the same right. time, I, I would think that he would be aware if something. I mean, he knows what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if he felt he didn't have a strong enough idea, you know, his name would be attached to it. I don't think he'd want to say, "Let's put out this mediocre event that everyone's going to you know laugh at." Right. So I, I don't know. And but then the other thing is. There really hasn't in the new fifty two. There's only been the one company wide event. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I kind of think we have to wait and see. Yeah, because the new fifty two could like kind of reinvigorate a lot of of Jeff Johns's ideas. So I don't think just unilaterally throwing him off the book because he's done a, he's had a lot of success in the past. I don't think that's a good idea at all. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But Whew. that is it. What number are we on now? Post. Yeah, what post? Uh, 716. 716. Say it out loud. You'll be more likely to remember it. Yeah. So I <laughs> jotted down in my, my notes here. Fantastic. It's a Lobo post, so we just remember Lobo. Okay. Uh, Bring back Sheriff Lobo. Yeah, because... Yeah, we're, we're on the last page. You so. nailed that image, by the way, that time that I made that, that offhanded reference. Oh, <laughs> you absolutely I waste, nailed I, that I image. I did not need to waste time doing that. <laughs> yeah, but, but like, I'm happy that you did. I it had made to. me really happy. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's the podcast. So next week, most likely nothing, because I will be traveling to Long Beach. Well, I'll miss you. Um, and then the week after, we'll, it's Thanksgiving. We'll see. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, but we'll, we'll f- I don't know, figure something out. Um, so yeah, so next weekend is Long Beach. So if you are in the area, check it out. I really, 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 really like that convention. It's mm-hmm. that's it's. It's and it's getting bigger. It's their fifth year. It's it's getting bigger every year, and it's it's always run smoothly, and I always have a good time there. Yeah. Um. So check that out. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else going up this week. Anything big? I mean, doing more of the same. Videos, articles, reviews. Um, awesome. Watch the Shield on Tuesday because yes. it's going to tie into Thor. Yes. Um, I, no one from Thor is going to be in it, as far as nope. I know. Tom Hiddleston will likely not be making an appearance. They kept it under wraps. Nor Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, or his biceps. Mm. Or abs. <laughs> they have their own agent. Yep. So <laughs> Their own casting agent. All right, thanks for watching. Whee! And, yeah, that is it. So Bye-bye. we'll be back next time. Right. Bye. <laughs>